0: One and all welcome to episode 35 of Realm and Ruin a Warhammer podcast a podcast that is so Warhammer that our souls may one day end up in an ivory construct <laughs> who knows <laughs> I'm your host, Matt, and joining me, as always, a guy so packed with value, he should be a start collecting box. It's Cameron.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm yours for three ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I
0: wish they were that cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, um, I'm, I'm not very self-valuing. Uh, my value is in what I bring to the community, clearly. Um, no. <laughs> exactly, which is a lot, <laughs> mate.
0: As I said you're oh, packed yeah. with value.
1: Thank you. Uh if anyone spin does spin us a want story, you know any, anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If anyone does want to commission a Chaos Knight conversion though, do do get in touch because I want an excuse <laughs> to work on another one.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, we could start brainstorming some names for that, I think. Mm. You know, apart mm. from the obvious things like Cameron's Chaos Knights. Um yeah. or, no, you want something like Cameron's chaotic circus of
1: of yeah. carnage
0: or something. Yeah, something really yeah. cool.
1: Something good. Yeah, we'll think. <laughs> we'll think. We'll figure it out. Send us send us some
0: ideas via email or Twitter, please. <laughs> cool. Right, yeah. The episode 35. Here we are. What are we going to be talking about? Well... Obviously, we're going to be talking about what we've been working on or reading, etc., recently, which I think, by the sounds of it, isn't going to be that much. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) then we're going to get stuck into a lot of news, because obviously we've had the Nova open this week, Mm. and yeah, we've got a lot to get stuck into, and a lot to potentially gush over, so which is always great. And then for the main lore topic, we are going to discuss the novel Blackstone Fortress by Darius Hinks. Uh secret is pretty good yeah. um and and for the discussion topic at the end we are going to sort of elaborate on a question we did recently um which was basically which universe would we like to live in we're going to basically say which mortal realm would we like to live in and obviously mm. you know, give our potential reasons for that too
2: yeah <laughs> and that'll be
0: episode 35 um but obviously before we get stuck into that uh, if you obviously want to Leave us uh, a review on iTunes. Uh, You want to support the show. You want to follow us on social media or contact us or anything like that. As always, all the notes are in the show notes down the bottom in your podcast player of choice <laughs> and uh, as always we promote our lovely discord server we have got i think a couple new people joined recently we've got a lovely community as always and like i said you can always come and join us for free on there and if you do we've got a channel devoted to asking us a question on this show and here is this episode's question cameron mm-hmm. All Right, ready so this is from trezellian good friend of the show alex i have had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times in real life, he's an absolute gentleman, and he asks Here is something that I've been thinking about recently. Do you think that the first founding, second, and eleventh Primarchs will ever be explored further, and if not, why not? I recall them saying previously that the two missing legions gave gamers the scope to create their own legions, but that feels like a bit of a cop out. With the Imperium facing up against what seems to be an ever-growing tide of traitor Primarchs and with only Gilliman standing in their way, perhaps it's time he picks up his father's mantle and goes searching for his mission brothers to help him? Question hmm. mark. Ooh, thought-provoking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you think, Cameron? Uh,
1: so I personally think it won't ever be expanded on, and there's a couple of reasons there. One, it's always good to leave a little mystery. Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the creator of the Dark Souls franchise. No, I'm not going to go into that <laughs> spiel. But like uh, li- leaving blank spaces for people to fill in with their own ideas often actually brings a lot of extra flavor uh, and versatility to a setting. Uh, and I think this definitely does that. It's like, you know, there are 20 Primarchs. We don't talk about two of them. We never talk about two of them. What do you mean? They never existed. Oh, they're statues around the golden throne. No, no, their, their faces have been pulled off those. You don't look at those. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, also, I believe it has not been officially, officially expanded on, but I believe there's a snippet in one of the Horus heresy books, uh, where Horus is talking to Sanguinius, uh, particularly about things afflicting the blood angels, like the, uh, their genetic deviancy, and it's implied, perhaps, that the 2nd 11th legions were destroyed due to a form of genetic deviancy. So it's mm-hmm. entirely possible, the real explanation is, well, they were good marines, but every so often they erupted into giant balls of flesh, and uh, <laughs> we couldn't be having that. Or, you know, they were even creepier than vampires or werewolves or, or any of their weird nonsense that can go on with standard imperial chapters. Uh, <laughs> like the, 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 There's that idea floating around that's just something went wrong and they had to yeah. be taken out for the good of everything. And I feel that is probably as close to an official explanation we're going to get. But yeah, you never know. Maybe the psychic awakening has something for us. You don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, really. I, I, I suppose, I was thinking about this, I don't think there's a need to. I don't think they need mm. to bring these Primarchs back into the, you know, to the 40K universe. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got a lot of Primarchs that are missing at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you know, I, I it's think. It's
1: enough to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think. We so w- we forgot about Pertorabo for like a whole episode that one time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Poor, <laughs> P- poor Pertorabo. Poor guy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, mate. I know, you do get forgotten about sometimes. But uh, that's the thing. I I just think there's I I know this is a bit of a sounds a bit of a silly statement, but to me there's too many missing Primarchs, mm. Like I think there's so much scope to bring some of these back over time. Obviously I'm not saying like yeah, let's bring them all back in one go because that would get <laughs> a bit crazy, but I think that when you actually look at it logically, there's you know, this Primark's missing for almost unknown reasons. And they're like, Oh, he, he just went <laughs> off. <laughs> he, you know, he just went for, you know, he just disappeared or, you know, they just found, his, you know, like in the case of Dawn, they just found his, you know, his fist, etc. And I think, yeah, that, yeah. I know, this isn't trying to be a, to be critical of the writing over the years from GW, but it feels like they just, threw all these primarchs away and sort of they've just left them. And it was almost like an easy answer. Just, Oh, they, mm. he just went mm. into the warp and and that was it. And it's Never I mean, obviously good, exactly. I mean, it's good <laughs> in a sense because it means they can come back realistically. I know mm. there's a few that realistically won't because they are literally dead. And I mean, oh, I'm sure man. that always, doesn't stop you know, people.
1: I've seen like 10 things about Ferris man is coming back. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with
0: Sanguinius as well. You know, I've heard yeah. about all these rumors about him coming back and it's, I mean, I, I that's a different stop you know different topic mm. really for another day but I think at the end of the day it, it, they don't need to come back really and and also like you said I think you know it's one of those eternal myths isn't it it mm. we we don't want do we want to lose another GW or 40k mystery because we mm. you know you know there's been you know uh, as uh, someone that was into Warhammer as a kid and has now come back to it as an adult I've you know there's certain things that have been lifted you know like like I've mm. previously said on the show I never thought that you know Primarchs would be on the battlefield on the tabletop yeah, you know literally yeah. you know I never thought I'd <laughs> ever and I don't mean the Horus Heresy ones I mean the 40k ones where you can actually mm. you know you know you'd be playing as them in current you know timeline yeah, I never thought that yeah. would be ever a thing and and in a way I liked that mystery I liked the fact that you know these Primarchs are just so different such another entity that you know that it would never affect the tabletop i mean luckily Mm. they have brought them in and i think that is a good thing (laughs) and i think there's plenty of room for you know for a few more to come in as well so i but then with the with the missing primarchs you know if we if they did bring them back or even if they just brought one of them back it would just it'd be like oh okay that's you know it could be it could be great it could be a really great reveal great lore you know where it's where it's tied up etc but then you go, like, oh, okay, well, that's another thing that's gone because the problem is now we're because we're, of time we're going to start losing, um, or not have as much scope anymore to have mystery because you know, because we've had like 30 years of some things mm. never ever being revealed, we it, that always lives on. Whereas at the moment, not many more mysteries are happening now, you know, no, because of the time because no. the timeline has only just moved on in recent times with the you know, we've had this sort of you know, if you imagine with the 40k universe we've had this timeline sort of you know like they say what 2 minutes to midnight you know mm. um, yeah. uh, sort of uh, analogy it's been like that for ages so you have you've, you've had we've had years of the mysteries being built up and then obviously slowly some of them could be start being revealed but then we're not making new mysteries at the same time so yeah. we'll, you know they, yeah. if they reveal them all too much then there'll be no mysteries <laughs> you know from from like you know in real in real life 15 years ago for example there would be all sort of gone and we won't have anything else really everything will be brand new as opposed to (gasps) you know those sort of moments you know (laughs) and such like so um, and also I think lastly I don't think it's worth it to be honest I don't think I Mm. think the payoff wouldn't be worth it I don't think there's a massive need like I said I know it's I'm repeating myself but I just don't think there's a massive need for them when there's so many missing Primarchs that you know I I and I, I, I genuinely believe that and if you ask people now would you like you know, the lion to come back or, you know, sort of grim on the, you know, on the chaos side, they would probably <laughs> pick that over a missing Primarch. I think at this yeah, moment. Yeah. I think I'm ge- I'm generalizing, but I think a lot of people would probably want that more than the missing ones, to be honest. So mm, mm. But, hey, I,
1: don't, I feel, just you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a distant future thing. Like I'm thinking like 20 years, real lifetime, when they've wrapped this up, all the Primarchs that can come back have come back and they've all killed each other again. Then the two lost Primax come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: they can deal with whatever's left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why have a fifty k? Yeah, that's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a good question though. I mean, it's like I said, it's a, it's it's you know, it's good to think mm. about that side mm. of things. And um, thank you very much, Alex, for that question. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get on to the bulk of the show, um, hobby stuff. So, Cameron, yes. what have you been doing lately, mate?
1: Uh, mostly I've been doing a lot of teaching. Um, so I've been very busy this last week and I was pretty busy the week before. And then next week I'm going to be even busier. And the week after that, I'm going to be trying to catch up on sleep. Um, so, (laughs) uh, people, people have gone away for courses and stuff. I have to fill in all over the place. All of a sudden it's a mess. Uh, but this good because it means i'll have a little hobby money eventually uh <laughs> <laughs> however it also currently means my hobby amounts to a i read blackstone fortress for today's episode b uh i looked at thought of downloading and then did not re-download more city of the damned for ps4 <laughs> <laughs> and c i did a little extra painting on the funko pop for our lovely friend somber mine uh it is in progress i have Today, this afternoon, posted my progress on Twitter. Mm. Uh, I just, I just want you to know, it's still happening. It's going to come to you eventually. I'm aiming for having it done and shipped before September 13th, because that's when Borderlands 3 comes out, and I may not be seen for a while after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that, that is, that is a need for the
0: show. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
1: that that is literally my hobby for this last two weeks. Uh, I've been. uh, People have been sick. And busy, alternatively, for the last two weeks. I also haven't gotten to play any more Path to Glory. Hopefully that'll change, not next week, but the week after. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've, I've l- literally, I've done a tiny bit of painting. I've done some reading for the show. Uh, I've looked wistfully at certain things, but I've not done anything else. And that is, <laughs> I think, an all-time low for me. I think this is literally the least I've ever done on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just about to say, I think this is, I'm actually generally shocked now. And it's all, yeah. it almost feels like I may top you for once. Like I may yeah. actually no, have I done you slightly did. more. Listen, <laughs> I, like, I, wow. I, did.
1: I did 20 minutes with uh null oil and like 10 minutes with some Orthwan gray and uh lead belcher. That's my painting progress. And then I read <laughs> for about three hours. That's literally it. In two weeks, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey,
0: I'm never going to judge you for that. I mean, I've had weeks like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's it's that time of year, and you know, Mm. obviously, you being a teacher, it's you know, you're beholden Mm. to your students, and obviously, people being ill, and and I mean. When I talk about my stuff, I mean I'm in the middle of moving house at the moment, so again that's been my priority at the moment. As, mm, you, know, as mm. you know, and like I said before, my my daughter's almost one years old, and yes. you know, obviously having all you know all the stuff that comes out with you know arranging mm. her birthday party, etc. So yes. no, I I, I totally oh get God. where you're coming from.
1: Please, you know, it's, please give her like a Little Sisters of Battle plushie or something. <laughs> 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 that's
0: the thing. Well, that's it. It's trying to get it past my wife, to be honest. Yeah. It's trying to justify <laughs> these things. But uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to find something.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, Sisters of Battle are empowering for women. Who doesn't want to wear, you know, inches thick armor and wield a fully automatic grenade launcher? It is exactly. a power fantasy for all genders.
0: <laughs> well, I've I, I always said that, you know, to my wife that when, you know, as she gets older, and I've always said, you know, to my wife that I want her to be whatever she wants to be in life, you know, Mm. whatever she wants, Mm. whether, you know, from, uh, you know, from anything she wants to pursue, she, I want Mm. her to go ahead and do it. I'd never want to sort of hold her back. And, you know, I have no expectations. Mm. I don't want Mm. or anything like that. You you know, I just want her to be happy at the end of the day. And that's it. If she wants to, you know, burn heretics, you know, in in the name (laughs) of the Adeptus Sorotas, then crack on. You'll have my full support. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> as well as the Inquisition. <laughs> um, oh dear. Right, well, I'll, I'll try and explain <clears throat> what I've been up to. Like I said, it is a bit, not that much either. Um, I mean, hobby-wise, I've started building my custodies because I think I alluded to last episode when we I played at uh, Warhammer World with some of the guys that uh, we've now booked a table for, I think, November now. So basically, we've mm-hmm. given ourselves about three months or so to sort of build and prep for another, another game, because obviously we enjoyed the last one. So obviously that was an AOS one. This one's going to be a 40K battle. There's mm. about four or five of us, pretty, well, I think the same five of us that were there last time, um, yeah. plus anyone else that may want to, you know, tag along uh, that day as well. Um, I've booked one of the, I've booked actually two, uh, well, I'll say two tables. It's a it's a joint table. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it it's one of those where you can either, you know, have it as two separate tables or one large you know table so Mm uh oh i should have remembered the name of it something prime i think there'll be people like i know which one it is (laughs) um but yeah that's that one's been booked i can't apologies i can't remember the name of it so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I've started my custodies because I'm going to do a thousand points of custodies, uh, all twelve models of it. are Going to be <laughs> my thousand points, which is which is good for me as a busy guy with yeah, you know family yeah. and stuff. This is perfect. I'm keeping it a low model count, so happy days. Um, I, I like I said, I'm it may get tweaked, but I've sort of settled on quite a standard. Uh, sort of army, I suppose. So uh, mm. I'm basically going for a battalion. So two HQs. I'm going for Valorous, obviously big mm-hmm. bad boy Valores. Yep. and a shield captain on a jet bike because mm. well, they're just awesome, yeah, really good. Uh, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then I'm going for three units of normal custodian guards. So it's the standard uh, three. So th- uh, three men squads mm-hmm. so three threes and so nine of them and uh two with spears one with sword and shield which is mm-hmm. getting quite standard these days um and then i'm i've got one of the banner boys uh as well mm. uh which is the um but i'm gonna have him in terminator armor armor the oh. Alarus terminator yes. armor because um, awesome. i realized that i had enough points <laughs> mm-hmm. to uh mm. <laughs> to do it and i had the model as well so um so, building wise, I've built Valorous. Uh, he is gorgeous model. Honestly, he is one of the best kits that I've built since returning to the hobby. He has got such a nice kit. Uh, barely any mold lines, um, considering you've got things that could be a bit funky. Like, for example, his cape comes as part of his of other pieces. So it's not like you've, you haven't got like one cape. Uh, piece you've it's a combination of sort of two or three bits that come mm-hmm. with like other parts of his armor and it just it and, you know so you've got to be careful of like seams and things like that and it, it it yeah it it goes really well together you know there wasn't any issue putting it together um obviously i've done my standard thing um i've given him a helm obviously because mm-hmm. i don't want to see his face um <laughs> i don't want to see your face um so i've just given him a standard custode's helmet and it really looks really good. You know, simple mm-hmm. head swap, but it suits him really well. So he's built. Um and I've built my uh my banner boy as well in uh in mm. Alaris Terminator. Again, gorgeous kit. Um not as gorgeous in the sense that there's a bit more mould lines and and such like and, and a few injector molds in a bit awkward places, but overall still very, you know, very easy to deal with. Mm. And um I was very glad that his banner comes in one piece as well you know it's, yes. all, it's all one arm <laughs> one banner very easy <laughs> and then this uh fiddling around with it so yeah he looks really good uh so yeah so i've got two of them built <laughs> i was hoping to have Excellent. a couple more built by now but <laughs> again things have got in the way so yeah. my plan next is probably start on my jet bike this weekend and uh yeah just slowly build them over the next couple of weeks and then it, in theory gives me you know at least a, what, a month and a half all two yeah. to uh, yeah. to get them painted. So my initial thoughts with painting them is I'm going to probably do them in uh, silver with blue. Mm-hmm. As opposed, I don't. I'm, I'm not having them in gold because um, <laughs> I just get a bit bored of that. To be honest with custodies. So uh, yeah. So the plan is at the moment. This could change, but is spray them in lead belcher. Uh, then do them in grey knight steel, which is that sort of new bluish type of um, silver that's yep. come out recently. Well, was a Forge World one, but obviously yeah. is now part of the Citadel range. And uh, and then sort of I've got um, what is it? Soulstone gem, the mm-hmm. blue technical paint. So I use that for like picking out highlights and gems and things. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's predominantly what they'll be um maybe a bit of gold but again it'll be for sort of trims as opposed to the actual full armor mm. itself so that's my plan anyway so that's going awesome. all right um yeah. the, the only slight <laughs> caveat with that is that i may slightly change my custodi lineup because of the recent forge world rules update that's happened mm. so this is actually mm. part of our news section but, but um, <laughs> so i'm slightly jumping ahead but fundamentally that yeah as of yesterday when well as of yesterday from this recording um basically forge world have updated the custodies uh rules for for the forge world stuff Mm -hmm. um it's now out of beta and it's now official rules um and also what they've now done is they made the sagittarium guard which is basically their sort of um uh, you know their uh, bolter carry what they call bolt cavaliers a bolt Cavaliers, I think, yeah. Um, mm. Basically, they're sort of more shooty type custodies, um, which is what I bought when I was at Warhammer World a few weeks right. ago. So they're yeah. no troops now. They were Ooh. previously heavy support. <clears throat> so there's now a possibility <clears throat> in my head, whereas rather than having three groups of normal guard I may swap one of the three for three Sagittarium Guard potentially. Mm. So yeah, luckily cool. I've not started building them so I can, <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of time to come to that conclusion or not. So yeah, I may do that, maybe not, not sure yet. So uh, so yeah hobby wise that's in from a building point of view that's all I've really been doing. Um buying wise um I've bought the Custody Codex obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> so got a good deal of that on eBay uh, that's on its way. Um I've also bought Mordheim on the PS4 as well because <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. it was on sale. i uh, not had any time to play it yet, but uh, I just really mm. wanted to get stuck into that at some point. So that's on the way. Um, I sold my Forge World Emperor's Children stuff that I bought when I first went to Warhammer World. Um, I sold that in the last what, week or so because I thought, you know what, never going to get around to using it. And um, what mm. I didn't realise, and this is probably naive in my, of, of myself, is Forge World stuff... Goes very quickly on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> I um, so basically, I, I sold my um, two Palatine squads, um, my uh, was it Legion Champion and Master Signals pack, and a box of Empress Children shoulder pads. So as a bundle, mm. and basically they I put them at a slight discount, obviously, because otherwise people mm. could just buy them from the website. So I you know I, I sort of probably yeah. knocked about 20 percent off, I would say, mm. and less than an hour. It was off, wow. <laughs> off eBay. I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you very much. So, yeah, so basically I'm going to use that, you know, money to invest in some other models of some sort <laughs>
1: as awesome. and when. Um, <laughs> but I've not really been you know, buying much w- you know at the want moment. You to buy a Chaos Knight.
0: Well, yeah. Cameron, well, you know, I can, I can assure you – Inquis- inquisition that's listening to our show I've definitely not thought about that at all and definitely not been discussing that w- at work with Martin at all um, <laughs> so uh, we'll see <laughs> so uh, yeah that was It was. I mean to be fair it was nice to get the money back from him to obviously like I said to yeah. you know buy other models but to be honest I haven't really bought much recently um, mm. prim- probably because A I'm being a good boy and B <laughs> because I, I haven't really felt any need to buy anything because like mm. I said, because I've got better goals now, obviously, like building the, the blades of corn to play at Warhammer World. And obviously now I'm on my custodies. I don't need to buy as much because I've got most of the stuff I need as of now. So, yeah. which is not a bad thing, really, because, no, then, no, <laughs> you know, it means my uh, backlog doesn't get needlessly bigger than it already is. But uh, mm-hmm. that's all I've really said really bought at the moment. Um, reading wise, I'm listening to Knights of McCrag, um mm. by Nick Kai yeah Nick mm-hmm. Heim. so that's the the new audio book that's obviously centered around the ultramarines um it I, i'm trying to think what to say about it I'm probably about near mm, yeah, third to halfway through of it at the moment and i I must' be honest i've had to restart it I've got about three or four hours in. And I don't, I suppose because it was an audiobook and I've probably been listening to it whilst doing other things, I probably missed a couple of bits. Not right now, I'm losing track of what's going on. Let's restart this. So mm-hmm. I'm now back to almost where I was. Um, it's okay so far. I, I'll be brutally honest. I'm not amazed by it so far. It's a bit. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think the best way. It's
2: just,
0: <laughs> it's mainly just been Bolter Porn really so far. Mm. There's not really mu- not much has really happened. I mean, there's some, there's been some good insights because it's, it's basically focused around uh, Cato Sicarius um, mm-hmm. and focused about the Primaris coming into the Ultramarines and obviously how the, older marines are feeling about it etc and so there is yeah. some good little dynamics and about that and you're getting a few inklings of that you know that animosity and and things like that but i, I just feel like it's one of those books where I'm, like i said i'm a third to halfway through and it feels like nothing's really happened so mm. uh but you know i'm not gonna fully judge it yet because i've not gone all the way through so um, i'm hoping it gets a bit i know a bit meatier like something yeah you know, something juicy yeah. happens but We'll see, Um, and also reading wise, I've started Sons of Titan, which is a Mm -hmm. short sort, well, sort of novella sized. Obviously, it's based around the Grey Knights, um, and that is by I think David Annadale, I think looking at my shelf and can't find it. Right? Um, (laughs) Something I think. Apologies, I think that's who wrote it. Um, And that's so far so good. Again, it's you know, I've only not started it recently, but that's looking like it could be quite cool as well. Hmm. um excellent i think that's about it really um actually mm-hmm. one thing i would say before we finish the hobby section is that um as part of moving and everything like that my wife is going to look into doing more of her craft stuff um because she's always had like mm-hmm. a bit of a crafty <laughs> i was gonna say a crafty yeah. background yeah she's dodgy she's <laughs> right crafty my wife um no she's into you know and into that side of things making things but she's uh, without I suppose being derogatory, she's quite directionless with it. I.e., she she Mm. wants to build stuff and be crafty, but she didn't know what to do, which is understandable because there's a lot out there you can do. So, so what we're trying to do at the moment is her and I is try and sort of bash our heads together and think of sort of things that we can make for the hobby. That would, you know, mm. like you know, like you see at the moment, people are making stuff like Warcry, where they're making like yeah. dice trays and uh mm. you know and holders for your for that side of things. You know, those sort of craft related things that there isn't actually a product for it. Um, yeah. so we're sort of uh, yeah thinking of things that you know we could do for that because then it's sort of win win really because she'll be making stuff which is she enjoys, but it'll be focused around war gaming and Warhammer as opposed mm. to you know I don't know you know i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> whatever craft people make <laughs> and, yeah uh, uh so uh, so yeah basically what i'm saying is if anyone's got any thing any ideas anything they thought you know what it'd be really cool if this existed this would make my gaming my hobby time a bit easier let me know you know just see if there's mm-hmm. anything you've if anyone's you know in listening you know either email the show or contact us on twitter or you know whatever just yeah just if there's anything you thought of because we've got a few ideas but i'm going to keep them secret mm-hmm. at the moment but mm-hmm. yeah if there's anything else that's come out there i mean it's a lot of it was based actually off um, what happened at warhammer world because i think i forgot to mention this last episode so when mm-hmm. i took my models to to warhammer world i basically i mean i didn't have that many with me with my my uh, blades of corn Predominantly because my manticore was taking up like a quarter of my army. So yeah. basically, I, I, um, took with me a cake box from IKEA. So if, if no one's seen them, the cake box is IKEA. So this is basically a plastic base, obviously with a big plastic see through dome on the top with mm. clips on the side. Mm. Uh, the good thing about the IKEA ones is they're very tall. So they've got a yeah. lot of height on them and, and they're circular as well. So yeah. What I did is in simple terms, I basically put a bit of blue tack underneath the base of each model and I just blue tacked them in a, in a, in a circle, like circles within circles Mm -hmm. in the uh, cake box and then put the lid on and carried them that way. And I got quite a lot of response from people. Like I was literally (laughs) walking around Wime World and people were like, is that a cake box? (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And, um, and it sort of got the mind thinking really, even like one of the staff members that served me was like, Wow, you put it in a cake box, and it's, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure other people have done it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, oh, trademarking yeah. the idea, but it was, you know, and it got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, there's, you know, there's some ideas behind this side of things. So, mm. uh, yeah, like I said, if anyone's got any ideas, you know, that we could throw, you could throw our way, please feel free to do so. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it, Cameron. I think that's all mm. I've been doing, like you, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, just little bits and bobs, really. Um, okay, well. We'll leave it there for all stuff. stuff. Uh, so we'll have a, probably a break that we weren't assuming to have this early.
1: Yeah, well. But it's, it's probably a good thing.
0: We've got a, lot of, we've got a lot of news to cover, to be fair. Oh, so. God, there's, there's
1: so much. I need to find an appropriate sound clip for next segment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, while he, we do that, so we're going to have a break. Uh, and like I said, when we're back, we're going to get stuck into a lot of whammy news. Back soon. Right let's get back at it time Mm. to get stuck into warhammer news central
2: all the news all
0: this glorious (laughs) sexy news to get into and and it's that sexy that cameron's even got a a sound clip to get into (laughs) at some (laughs) point
1: we're doing foley and engineering at this point wow (laughs) it's
0: only taken us 18 months
1: oh yeah
2: yeah
0: (laughs) So uh, yeah, as alluded to earlier, the Nova Open was earlier this week, and obviously we've had the bits prior to that in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, big big news in quite a few oh, different yeah. ways. So uh, mm-hmm. let's stuck let's get stuck into 40k first, as always. Yep, yeah. So psychic awakening. Um, this is a funny one because this was Ooh, sort of boy. news without being that much news. <laughs> it was sort of a
1: like I mean we we know a lot more now, but we also know nothing. <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> how 40k how, well how done gw beautiful. you've done
1: yes. us there <laughs> i mean when the inquisition's evolved what else can you expect <laughs> yeah that is very
0: true yeah it's uh so yeah so we had a, a nice little animated trailer with a, an inquisitor sort of uh quite giving us a bit mm. of doom and gloom about the state of the universe <laughs> ultimately yeah. Uh, yeah you know abaddon has been uh up to tricks and Mm. Not helping the universe with obviously no. creating the Great Rift, etc., etc. <laughs> so, but fundamentally, from what we understand, as psychic waking awakening, it's going to be a new campaign series that mm-hmm. affects pretty much every single faction. Um, no, was there I any mean, that were missed?
1: Uh, in the-, the initial image, space walls weren't in it, but they hastily yep. fixed that and put out the new <laughs> image because they clearly just forgot the space walls exist. Uh, which yes. I mean. No, I can't forgive them for that. The Space Wolves are no. not that forgettable. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it appears to be literally every faction. Uh, I feel all this image does to, is to really enshrine how many Imperium and how many Chaos factions there are compared to every yeah. other, every every Xenos faction. However, like that. we are getting some cool Xenos stuff. Uh, mm. Games Workshop listens to our show. Uh, and in record time have produced plastic aspect warriors
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is getting bizarre how many mm. times has this happened it's probably this I is think, like the fourth doing, or
1: fifth time yeah where we've been
0: talking about something and 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 being brutally honest most of our topics that we choose are whatever we feel like talking about mm. yeah Definitely. we you know we, we obviously get, we get ideas from other people and and such like but mo- you know but being honest our main law topic and our discussion topic is generally mm. what we decide. Like, oh, fancy covering this book? Yeah, go on then. You know, so it's yeah, very, it, yeah. you know, it's very much <laughs> like that. Just to, you know, and try and keep it as varied as we can. And mm. you know, for obviously you as listeners to hope, you know, to hopefully enjoy what we talk about, but also for our own benefit, you know, because it's nice to have varied topics, so you don't get, mm. you know, yeah. don't feel monotonous. So yeah, it always feels quite weird that we we cover something at random and then within weeks, GW re- reveals yeah. something, <laughs> there's something to do with it. It's like, well. You know, well, oh, I, yeah. I take it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Broken you know, clocks, uh, right
1: twice a day, or whatever. <laughs> unless you're, unless you're on military time, then it's only once. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I think what I, what I liked about this um, this image, where like I said, where for anyone that's not seen it, basically they've done the um, the symbol for each faction. Mm you know, in, in black and white in a single image. And it was quite, I think the, the fun bit was actually trying to work out what each symbol was. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, what fashion's uh,
1: that? <laughs> I had difficulties telling the difference between Chaos Star and Chaos Star but hollow in the middle.
0: Yeah, I'm the not, Demons one, isn't it? I, think. I don't know.
1: I, mean, I don't know which one's which. <laughs> yeah, I I,
0: I presume, I, well, I, yeah, you're right, actually. The, I think the one with the hollow one was the Demons, but you could be right. Maybe, you know, it could be. Anyway, really.
1: Yeah. Um, It's hard to tell. Um, No, it it was a lot of fun. Some are fairly obvious. uh, Some are less. Uh, For example, there is skull with wings. Skull with wings, but also a sword. Sword with (laughs) wings, but no skull. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, and obviously, you've uh,
0: got ones which, uh, oh, is that the Death Watch or the Inquisition? Um, actually, I don't think the custodies was that obvious either.
1: No, I do have a question. What is the book with a sword? Because I don't know off the top of my head.
0: Uh, oh, that would be um, Grey Knights.
1: Okay. Wait, that means the big guy is Death watch I thought the big eye was Grey Knights. I'm very smart. Um. No, no, that'd be, de- yeah, that'd be de- no, because
0: well, no fun. Well, I'm, unless anyone can correct me, I think the the book and the sword is Grey Knights because that's what paladins have above. Yeah, them on their you know, you can actually there's a model. Their models mm. have mm. the book and the yeah, sword no, above those, there. That makes um, that makes a
1: sense. That's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, look, see, so we're still at this stage going, war. Well, I think it's that. <laughs> oh, so, uh, boy. It, it's quite funny, actually, because, obviously, we've seen a lot of this type of thing with Warcry recently, haven't we? Where mm. they're sort of doing mm. imagery for, you know, just basic rune-like images for for, th- for the factions and everything. And they're even doing yeah. it with, uh, with 40K. Uh, it, it's funny, actually. It's almost like... Um, It feels like the the way they've done this is to actually make a point that, like, almost solidify that this is the factions going forward. Because Mm, you, because you could just say with new rules for for pretty much all factions or all factions, it's always they made a point of going. No, we've done the symbol, you know, for every single faction. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, it could it could be that they're just doing it just to just to show, you know, for almost for effect. Go look, look how many factions there are.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think it's also a reassurance thing, because if they said rules for pretty much every faction, the Necron players and the Tower players would all throw their hands up in the air <laughs> and go, it's called Psychic Awakening. What are we going to do with this? <laughs> yeah,
2: true. And I, yeah. I
1: couldn't blame them. Um, however, it does sound like it'll be interesting. Every codex is going to get expanded rules. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be, it'll be a series of books for multiple war zones across the galaxy. So there'll be some presumably in the Imperium proper, some in the Dark Imperium, some in the middle of the Rift. Uh, uh-huh. And every, every book will have rules and updates for at least two factions. So I'm assuming they'll be like, you know, the Eldar versus the Thousand Sons and then the Asher Militarum versus the Death Guard in this other location and stuff like that. It'll probably be yep. that kind of thing. Um, the, the thing that entices me most says, The series will see plot threads that have enticed fans for decades resolved, champions new and old rise to the fore, and staggering Mm -hmm. revelations made. So there's a lot there that says, hey, those those 40k mysteries, it might be time to do something with them, as we were just discussing earlier, actually. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't- we'll get some new Primaris characters, probably, but also hopefully new characters for all factions, and we might see some old ones come back, which, please- Come on, there's there's gotta be a Primark in here somewhere. <laughs> well, I think
0: I think it, it makes sense them doing it this way because it's almost like I know people have banded round like forty K you're right there <laughs> mm. <Just laughs> Take um,
1: a sip while you're talking.
0: <laughs> that's right. Did you pop the cap cap off at that time? Yeah, I I lost control of my
1: hand. I was too excited. (laughs) Magnus the Red came down and manipulated fate uh, that it may be that just so. Uh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Cameron, this is your psychic awakening. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) No, I I was going to say is you getting a lot of stuff bandied around about 8.5, as in Warhammer Mm. 40k version 8.5, because obviously all the codexes, apart from obviously, um, the sisters of battle, which obviously we'll get onto in a bit, obviously all the codexes are, are out now. So they're probably mm. thinking, right. What do we do now? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> if then, if there's no appetite for a brand, you know, for ninth edition, which there may not be. Um, and I suppose like we've, I think we've alluded to before is that, you know, they may do like they've done with, um, AOS where they don't, you know, they don't bother doing a brand, a full brand new version. They just take the mm. old one, tweak it a bit and, um, you know, and sort of evolve it that way. So I think that this is now prime opportunity for them that they think, right. Okay. We've got all the codexes out. Every army is on a, mm. I was going to say on a, on a, a balanced playing field, but obviously that's, I don't know, there will be competitive players going, no, um, <laughs> they're not, they're not balanced, but you know what I mean? As in, everyone's got a codex, yeah. everyone's had yeah. releases, you know, blah, blah, blah. So everyone's, you know, where they hope, for, you know, there's a base now, a base level. Yeah. So now yeah. I suppose what they're thinking is let's, pick each faction and just add the things that these you know almost like we were saying about aspect warriors last uh last episode right what right, what does this faction need hopefully you know they need mm. this or no they don't really need that much they're fine they're cool you know don't worry so much about them we'll just bring a character back um you know because i think now it, this is where we will start seeing probably more you know more marines going through the rubicon um mm. you know we we'll, we may you know start seeing them. like i said just bringing back characters in in plastic and in in a slightly yes. different way um, yes. also i think the thing i'm most excited about as well as part from that is i'm just glad that the factions uh, that have sort of been a bit mislaid so far uh, mm. since the dark Imperium, like like the Tau, for example like you know yes. what have they been up to you know like let's bring them in like <laughs> you know i'm not saying they need they'll need loads of new models Hopefully they will, but, you know, it's not necessarily about that. I'm talking more from a mm. narrative point where, yeah, mm. what are they doing? Like, what's, yeah. what, you know, what, bring them into the fold.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 the tower, one of the factions left out of the Vigilist stuff, because, hmm. and Games Workshop was very clear about this, because it makes no sense for them to be at Vigilist, because it's so far away, and they're, yeah, still going, they're still going sub-light speed for a lot of their exploration. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah. Um, but also, have you seen this plastic howling banshee? Mm. Oh, yes.
0: It is gorgeous. It's um, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah,
1: it is beautiful. It's so good. Uh, And also looking at this model specifically, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about this on our Discord, actually, that uh, bringing aspects into plastic probably means they'll be made into dual kits. And I Mm -hmm. 100% agree. However, I think it will be Howling Banshee Striking Scorpions dual kit uh, for a couple of reasons. A, they have very similar weapon loadouts. It's easy enough to switch a power sword for a chainsaw, that kind of thing. Agreed. Yeah. And looking at the helmet on this banshee, the front of the helmet is standard Eldar design, and like it looks fairly like a Striking Scorpions as one as well. Like you could change the mouth plate and add the little mandible blasters, and it would fit. But the hair looks like it can. It is a separate piece that glues onto the back of the helmet to me, which yeah, means you can. Yeah. Yeah, which means you could have the dreadlock crest for Striking Scorpions mm. as part of it, yeah. and. Then have them as a jewel kit, and then it's like you could have fire dragons and dark reapers as a jewel kit, and then maybe swooping hawks and warp spiders. I'm, I'm thinking swooping hawks are the ones with the blasters, not the ones on the bikes. Yeah, shining spears are the ones on the bikes. I'm trying yeah, I'm to remember fine. all the Eldar stuff <laughs> that I haven't really looked at since fifth edition. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just just this this like coming straight out and saying yeah, plastic plastic Eldar models that for a range that really needs it, excellent, amazing. Presumably, updates to re- uh, all the other rangers. Like every faction is probably going to get at least a couple models, and they're all going to get cool rules. And I just, oh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um. And
0: exactly. And <laughs> I, I think as well for GW, this will probably be the opportunity f- opportunity for something they've wanted to do for a while. Because I imagine. They're mm. probably, you know, they're probably bored of people saying about, oh, give us plastic aspect warriors because, you yeah. know, like we said last show, <laughs> they're they're very overdue. They need them mm. as an example, as well as obviously other races and having, uh, the the things they need. So, you know, they they probably, like I said, I suppose it's similar to you know what's happening like i said in aos where they give you know trying to give everyone a battle tome give everyone endless spells and terrain etc and it's almost like the same from a 40k right you know i mean it's still fun like great here's your new codex we've done this but like most of the time it is like here's a new codex and that's pretty much it maybe a couple of models now they can sort of almost fill in the gaps now yeah and i think that's what i'm hoping they'll do um and also they've said as part of this is that um didn't they say that there's some things you won't believe, or something. Like yeah, something like that. Which sound sounds Hold very
1: I'm exciting. The, I'm, I'm on the page. Where is it? Including some things. God, it said. Yeah, I, I swear to God, they said exactly what you. Yeah. Hmm. I swear you were I can't giving it, it word for word, but now I can't see it. It's when actually. It? It's like when they edited <laughs> the uh, the open day page to remove the reference to dwarves when they were about to remove Cities of Sigma.
0: It's almost like, damn it! Those realm and ruin guys are on to us again. <laughs> like, let's quickly change it.
2: <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Well, um, they did.
0: They, they did say that because we both we both know they said that that there was something. Yeah, yeah. That we wouldn't believe. So they've uh, got some well, good things in the works.
1: Yeah, speaking of things people can't apparently believe, uh, <laughs> <I know laughs> uh, Chapter Master Kayfound Shrike is a certified emo, listens to Panic at the Disco. Um, <laughs> and uh, you- I, I've, I've seen so much discourse about this. So but I. I love him. I love so do him I. so much. Look, so do I. I, I I I forget exactly who it was on Twitter, but I 100% agree with you. One of the wonderful members of our community who said, "I love this because it gives him 10 million percent more personality than every other bold white guy space marine out there." Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: totally agree with that. I I it is fun. I <laughs> I was actually genuinely shocked how negative people were about Shrike. Um, mm. and it's I mean, I and I'm I'll. I'll pre you know pre say that i've got no affinity to shrike and the raven guard i just no. you know so I, I i you know so he's just another model to me i but like you i love him this is one i'm and i i genuinely mean this i'm not saying it to because mm. i'm sure there'll be people that would get would get riled up by this <laughs> he's one of the best Primaris models i've seen so far in my, oh, my yeah. opinion i love oh, yeah him. For for the reasons that people hate him. I I love it. I love the fact he's got that emo type hair. I don't, I know, (laughs) you know, people think it's silly, but I think it's very fitting for Raven Guard. And also, like, like you just alluded to from what that person said on Twitter, it does give him personality. I'm tired of these buzz cut Marines that all (laughs) look the same. He looks so much different to everyone else. That is why. Um, Yeah. It's um. No. It was like oh, I forgot what song I was listening to recently, but like one of the lyrics was. Uh, <laughs> I know it's quite appropriate actually, but there's a song I was listening to. I was like, "I you laugh at me for being different, I laugh at you for all being the same," or something like that. Mm. And it's like it's mm. that sort of mentality. No, he's great because he's different. Oh yeah, he, you 100%. know, he, you know the the feathers are great. The mm. the lightning claws like one of them's retracted. That's awesome. Yeah. We're now yeah. we're now we're now seeing a primaris jump pack like a proper. Mm. You know, this is hopefully going to be what you know the proper jump packs will look like um we're seeing the 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 primaris equivalent of the mark 6 beaky helmet yeah yeah you know you know which was the main thing
1: if i ever do get this model i will be putting that on his head which i assume is possible but it's only for this one reason you know how Redemptor dreadnoughts you can flip open the thing to show the casket I want yep. to put the little cutout in there and just put his emo head in there, so you can see how oh. torn up the pilot is about his existence.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes, yes, do it.
1: He just stares as like life is pain, <laughs> even in death, I still serve. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
0: funny because it's like uh, um, it, I suppose, like for me, and I, I think I said this on um mm. on uh, on Twitter that like this is my default haircut on a on a video game. Any game mm. where you can mm. pick your hair as part of, like, an RPG or something, I pick this sort of black emo floppy to one side type of hair or the equivalent that they do, either that or a mohawk. And, you know, so, like, for me, this is, like, you know, probably because deep down there's part of me that probably always wanted this type of hair growing up mm. but never could mm. pull it off. <laughs> oh,
1: so yeah, 100%.
0: I'm, 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 I'm living the dream through the models and RPGs yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't <laughs> so. know, like, just overall I love him. He's emo, but I also love him because... I forget where I read it, but apparently, raven guard leaders do their best to dress like sergeants instead of like actual captains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he just he just looks like a slightly fancier sh- sergeant. Like if he had a yeah. helmet on, and yeah, if he had a helmet on, he just looked like a sergeant, which perfect. It's hard to pick him out of the crowd. Yeah. Um yeah. My my favorite detail is on his feeties. He has these tiny little like back flung claws, like yeah. on the on the back of his feet. And I can only imagine this means when he charges, he doubles his attacks. Yeah, I'd imagine Just lightning so. claws on his feet or something like that.
0: Well, I I sort of imagine that when he like in a, if he was in an action pose where he was you know jump using his jump pack to mm. jet so, to sort you know to jump on someone that those claws would literally flip forward. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's how I <laughs> yeah I would imagine it. I. I love him. I, I, oh, to the so point good. that I want to buy him and I don't have anything to do with Raven guard and I never probably will. I just, I just like, even mm. like the, the conversion possibilities. With oh yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, it's funny actually. And I know this, we shouldn't be shocked because we all, and it's great that we've all got different views and opinions on things. Otherwise it'd be a boring mm. world, but I was genuinely shocked how negative the people were about it. You know, you know, when you, you know, when you see something and you think, mm. wow, that looks amazing. And you think, and you're in your head. You're thinking everyone else is going to think the same, and then people are like saying, "This is the worst thing I've seen." You're like, and your brain's like,
1: (laughs) "What? What do you mean?" I I think it's (laughs) because a a lot of people have very set images in their minds of how all Space Marines should be. Uh, Like, I mean, I've seen I've seen mixed responses from Raven Guard players as well. Mostly, they seem to be happy he'll be getting cool rules, as far as I can tell. But um. I think a lot, a lot of the response is people who play space marines in general going, "That's not what a space marine should be. They're stoic warrior monks." I'm like, some of them are emos. Emos are people yeah. too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, yeah, that's that's a very good point. And I think it is that you know that resolute, you mm. know, things. That, I mean, it, to be honest, it's it's on the same lines as people that you know were obviously upset of going from fantasy to aos and Mm. you know can't understand stormcast eternals and and things like that and 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 again it's not i'm not categorically not saying these people are wrong it's not i'm not saying you know in any way because it's all this is a purely subjective opinion it's just that i suppose to me this is just bringing it's i don't just giving them some personality you know i I think this is a good thing and that's and that's what the world we're trying to be in in general like oh, outside yeah. of <laughs> Warhammer, sort of, you yeah. know, we want to be in a world where, <laughs> where you can be what you want to be. And mm. as long as you're not hurting anyone. So, and this one isn't. So, yeah, but like you said, I mean, like, swap his head out. Yeah. Whatever, you know, head okay, out, you, whatever. do Clip what you want to do. Off. It's fine.
1: Like, it, I, I can see the people are like, he looks a bit too busy for me. I'm like, this is true. He's got a lot of stuff going on. However, he's also the only Space Marine who can shoot his gun for more than five seconds.
2: So- yeah, because he's got all the ammo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I, he, see, I, I he is busy, but I don't think he's mm. silly busy. He is just no. a little bit busier than than other models. But you he's know, got to fundamentally- stand out in the crowd. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, fundamentally, his armour is pretty standard, you know, Mm. apart from obviously the bits we were just talking about. But he's got a couple of feathers, he's got his beaky helmet on his side, and he's got a couple of ammo packs. Mm. Uh, That's it. You know, like some of the other newer Primaris stuff, is a lot more busier than this Mm, model. Definitely. So, so, no, I, I think he's great. So, but... You know, it's all opinion, isn't it? Right. Next. So, <laughs> so next uh, to do with forty k, um, they've shown us a bit more about the Angels of Death animated yes. series. Um, mm-hmm. shown us a few stills from Memory. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, we've it's got, looking. Uh, we've got
1: concept art from Jess Goodwin on one of the characters, which is very cool. Uh, it's nice seeing his work. It's like got a few sketches and then just the rest of the page is like little scribbled notes about the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got three shots of that particular character who is Olivia Sorkin, the captain of a strike cruiser called the Sword of Baal. And mm-hmm. I guess she she pilots the ship that is the base of operations for the Blood Angels that this will focus on. And yep. yeah, it, it looks good. Richard Boylan's been given a budget. Uh, may he continue to have that because it's <laughs> yeah. it's still very much definitely his style. Like it's all grayed out and a little rough, but like it's his style, super refined and really good looking. I would say. i mm-hmm. yeah. re- really interested to see this. Give me yeah, an episode. Same yeah, yeah <laughs> totally agree.
0: Um, so, and it's good that again, lastly, it's good that that they're still showing bits of it. It's not like one of those things like where you don't hear anything for for a year. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, it's good that they're still. You know, similar to what they're doing about with the uh, the Sister of battle, where they have been drip feeding it. Yeah, oh, yeah. sisters of battle. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. of that um so you know as slightly suspected uh with november that <laughs> Yo, we, uh, were sisters, we, we were correct
2: we were correct that's it
0: november 2019 is the official release month of mm-hmm. the adepta Sor- sororitas um obviously we've had the uh, sister superior that obviously was uh released recently as a sort of a Cheeky little uh, you know taster mm. for us that want to <laughs> get into it. So, uh, via a trailer and a lovely looking bit of artwork on the box, we um, yes. are going to get oh an God. army set, yes. which is basically a. From what I understand, it did it say limited edition yeah. codex? Yeah, just it under did, there they it? say
1: it, it is the limited edition of the codex, and then twenty five models. Mm. So I'm going to assume ten battle sisters, five seraphim, five uh, what's their heavy weapons people. Um, oh
0: I do know this and I can't remember um, yeah yeah, I know, I know. The, the, the,
1: the heavy weapon ladies and then I'm going to say like a cannon S uh, some other elite character and then a couple of penitent engines or something like that to really yeah. round it out yeah, or, or a penitent so. an engine and an exorcist. Because come on, show yeah. us the exorcists. <laughs> we know it's coming. Um. <laughs> it'll be,
0: it'll be, we. I mean, I, I can guarantee. Like you said, it'll be, it'll be a, a good baseline. Oh yeah, army of sort. You know, it will. You know, it'll be HQs. You know, some troops, mm. a bit of uh, heavy support, et cetera. Et cetera. So yeah, no, it it's looking great because obviously now they've shown oh, off. my god! The, yes. uh, the penitent engine. They've shown off the Cannon S, which obviously we got mm. the. Um, you know, these sort of art, well, these sort of gray artwork version, the sculpt yeah. of it recently. And yeah, it's, she I, looks I think
1: so good painted. She like, really does oh. actually. Mm.
0: And, and what I like about them is so far, and, and I'm sure for anything else that they show off between now and then is mm. they've, they've made, they've modernized them, but not gone to OTT with them. To yeah. me, these yeah. sisters are looking exactly what, they should look like they're you can clear that you know it's clear that they're the newer versions of them but you're not like you know you're not looking i'm thinking Mm. what have they done with them you know that to me they've (laughs) done exactly what they should do they've brought them up into 2019 but you know yeah yeah exactly it's great it's really good
1: got just that penitent engine like the head area is so good on that and Mm -hmm. then um then they, they have the nod to classic flagellant uh, sculpting with his massive hands, which I'm actually a fan of. Um, <laughs> just cause his hands are a tiny bit too big and, but that, that's like the same as classic models in that vein. So I'm really into it actually. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> but just, just the yeah. little details, like they've got like a wood grain on part of the body of it and stuff like that. And the hoses connecting the flamers and all this, all this really good stuff. Oh, it looks great. I hope it's superposable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well people yeah because well, that's what well, it's saying about the pose you know the posability of it is that because obviously some people I think were worried about the the legs because obviously in the mm. photo you can see obviously it's stepping and obviously people are like well hang on if that the other foot is the only connection point to the base that could get a bit troublesome but I yeah. I envision that that'll it's, be fine
1: <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be hollow I can tell you that much and it's plastic it's not yeah, gonna be too it'll much be fine. trouble it's a big foot yeah
0: Put a rock under it. Yeah, exactly. Class, classic <laughs> yeah.
1: Warhammer pose. is <laughs> exactly. why they really do it. <laughs> Actually, some
0: I, I read some people were saying they're hoping that the uh, the uh, obviously the the heretic being t- tortured mm. on the on the front of the engine could you know if it's interchangeable as in because obviously some people may want a all female sister yeah. battle army yeah because obviously it's I'm, a male uh, on the front.
1: All, I'm almost certain there will be an option for that. If not, yeah grab a Repentia and put her on there. Yeah, They're in about one. the right state, honestly. <laughs> uh, also, you know, penitent engines are technically on loan to the Sisters of Battle from the rest of the Ecclesiarchy, as I understand mm-hmm. it. It's like this is not a sister-specific thing. Like anyone who messes up in the church can be strapped into one of those. Yes, so very true. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: very true indeed. But no, I, I think this, this is great. This is perfect as well, having a, an army set mm-hmm. where, you know, because let's be honest, there's, there's going to be people that are going to pr- that have probably been putting their money aside, ready for oh, yeah. when the system battle <laughs> comes. And how nice is it? You go, you know what? You can buy a box which comes with the codex, and it comes with a you know the great start mm. to an army. You know, mm. I know, I know. We've obviously got to start collecting boxes. We have had you know the battle forces, but it's I just you know doing something as simple as having the codex in there as well. I know yeah. in theory you can buy. A box, and then buy the codex alongside it. It's just—I just think from a, you know, from a practicality point of view, it's just great. You can go, oh yeah. here's my money. Give me a box, please. Mm. <laughs> you also, know, your, your army. For I would—I
1: would, I would never throw the actual box away because look at, it like at the very oh, the least, the artwork is gorgeous. Yeah, at the very least, I would cut that art of the kneeling sister on the left out and like frame it or something because it is supremely gorgeous it really is <laughs> my
0: my next th- thought on this is how much is that going to cost potentially
1: i wonder if it will be discounted part of me knows it's not going to be but part of me is also mm. like maybe it's got a slight discount like a big army box sometimes does it
0: should really shouldn't it it should like, have something
1: No, here's how it's going to go down. It'll look like it doesn't have a discount, and then we'll realise it's the limited edition codex. So, it actually does still have a discount. It's just more than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, Those books are expensive, but very pretty. Um, Mm. (laughs) It's all all I'll leave on the limited edition codex discussion. Mm. Yeah, I know. I'd I'd
0: agree. And I, I think, I don't know, in my head, I've got the figure- 160 175 I'm talking pounds obviously. Um, yeah, oh yeah, god. I'd, AUD yeah. I buy 10
1: of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: that's the thought I'm thinking. I mean yeah. or like, maybe maybe even 180 sort of around the same mm. price that the what's it called the Grandmaster edition of of the uh Deptus Titanicus, Titanicus sort of oh, okay. set was. Wow, that, yeah. That was around the 180. That was around the 180 mark. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, Cuz you know It'll be, it'll be your first 1,000 points. I have no doubt yeah. that whatever's in that box will make a 1,000-point army or something like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: or, so. near, or near as. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um, I'm going to buy it, mm. whatever the cost. I'm saying that now. Good. <laughs> I'm one going of to get to. It.
1: I'm probably yeah. not going to, but I'm going to grab the codex and a character bottle of some description at the very least. Yeah, so. go for it. <laughs> Look, they're made, they're made Plastic Sisters. I'm legally obligated to buy at least one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Right. So, uh, okay. So, last. So, the last couple of bits for 40K, because we're about mm-hmm. to start moving this on. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, mm. Is
0: uh, So, obviously, I think as of today, today being the 31st of yep. uh, August, uh, the Blackstone Fortress escalation and the Kill Team starter set, or the new starter set, should be mm. out now to go and buy. Yeah. Which is great. Right. Um, and also, the last little bit of 40K news. Ways <laughs> to do, which is sort of what I alluded to earlier to, regarding the Custody. So, um, mm. sort of slightly out of nowhere, uh, yesterday they put the pre-orders up for the Aeris gunship, which is the mm. one that was shown off. It was it Womifest. I'm pretty sure it was. It was yes. ar- around there. Something it was a few like months that. ago. Yeah, and uh, it was one that. Well, I think we both were in agreement. It was a bit boring, uh, yeah. Uh, from a looks point of view, um, I mean, rules wise, it's very awesome. Um, if we were looking, we were looking at we a at at work yesterday. You're talking about a, I think it's the what's it, the Mega Magna, Bla- no, the no, the Magna Blaze Cannon. It's yeah. like strength fourteen <laughs> minus four AP six plus d3 damage it's you know, d3 <laughs> shots it's just it can so unload a, uh, like an yeah. inferno payload twice a battle oh. it, it's very cool it's <laughs> very very cool in from a rules perspective anyway oh yeah um yeah but like like i said earlier what they have done um and i think they sort of did this quite um again a bit covertly is that they've mm. um they've updated the forge world custodies uh Mini little codex, if you want to call Mm. the data sheets that, that you can get. So, uh, it's obviously free to download off the Forge World website. So obviously they've been in beta for about a year, maybe not even that. And now Mm. it's officially out of beta and they've, it's been good and bad depending on what you've got. They've nerfed things like the teleman Dreadnought and the, uh, Calidus, uh, tank, which was sort of suspected. Uh, but Mm. then they've buffed things like the troops. So like I said earlier, Sagittarium Guard are now, uh, the, uh, are now a troop choice. Also, so the, um, guard, the, uh, custodian guards with the, the, the new pikes they released, the, mm, uh, the like yeah. the melter pikes and things yeah. like that. So they're now troop choices as well. Uh, oh. like the Venetari got, uh, yeah. points decreases and things like that. So, you know, it's, okay. it depends where, you know, it's good for people like me who have just got a few <laughs> troops. Um, <laughs> but obviously, if you've got some of the bigger, uh, hitting boys like the Telemons and stuff—you're probably a bit upset because they have yeah. taken quite a bit of a nerf, to yeah. be honest. So, but <clears> hey, <throat> uh, you know. But like you I said, win it's, some, it's you good. lose some. <laughs> exactly, you know, and it, it doesn't mean they won't be tweaked in the future. It's just now, you know, they obviously—they've. Yeah. This is the first sort of uh, version of it, and the official version. Now it's out of beta, but uh, mm. yeah, right. Let's move to the mortal realms. So they—they are here the Ossiarch mm.
1: Bone Reapers which is a beautifully Age of Sigmar name um it is. they are gorgeous i love them so much <laughs> <laughs> uh so th- this is the new death faction uh we've mm-hmm. been waiting for uh they are constructs made of so they, they are a construct I army. Mean, they are effectively Age of Sigmar Tomb Kings. I'm going to say it. This is as close as we're going to get. Um, uh-huh. They're constructs made of melted bone and ivory, which house the souls of fallen heroes, which is radical. They're effectively death Storm casts. I'm really into it. Um, uh-huh. <coughs> <laughs> they look so good. Uh, in particular, the new Mortar Orpheon Catacross is a god. He's literally just Xerxes from 300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. and I'm going to turn him into a Slaanesh demon prince no one can stop me Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh I've, I've actually heard some interesting stuff about his war scroll so his model for those unaware it's him with all his like attendants striking and commanding pose so you know he's there he's got a guy holding a scroll for him to read he's got the guy who keeps his messenger pigeons he's got the guy with the stand and then he's got this super cool samurai attendant like, literally a samurai skeleton man. It's awesome. <laughs> and apparently the way he works is as you wound him, you fight each of his attendants, and then he mm-hmm. deigns to fight you. So, like, first you fight the guy with the scrolls for a couple of wounds. Then after you've dealt a couple of wounds, you're fighting the guy with the bird. Then the guy with standard. Then you fight his champion. And then at about, I'm going to assume, it like, a third to half wounds remaining, Orpheon goes, no, actually, I've got this. And he becomes <laughs> incredibly dangerous as the Mortar finally decides to actually fight you which I love. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and just visually, visually, Matthew, take it away. How good are these?
0: I, I think they're great. And and, that, <laughs> and that's the thing. Again, it's another polarizing opinion out there. Like when we're talking about Shrike, um, mm. you know, people, some people like yourself and like myself are absolutely loving these. And some people are not that impressed actually. And um, <clears throat> again, that's cool. You know, it's like, I said, mm. it's very, mm. it is a aesthetic that, you know, you're either into or you're not. Um, I love them. I think, I think, like you said, they're definitely Tomb Kings for AOS. I'm. Um, mm. I think that dream is going to die now, to be honest. Yeah. I know we can, no, they've not come out <laughs> and said that, but you know, I think people got to be realistic about this now. The Tomb yeah. Kings aren't coming back. This no. is going to be their version of it. Um, because he, I know we're slightly going off topic here, but Tomb Kings, you know, they 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 they've got rid of them for a reason, and like you said, then uh, often it's due to trademarking. And like mm. you said, the Ossiarch, um Bone Reapers is a very AOS name. It's yeah. You know, I think I think it's saying that, is it Ossiarch is is it um, that's like Greek or Latin for is it Bone yeah. Lords or L- Bone? they literally
1: they're literally the Bone Kings.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> they're you know the Kings I mean? of it's, Bone. Like you said, <laughs> exactly you know i mean it, like how close do you want to get to to the team yeah. kings it's you know and i mean they've got that they've I got the visual say, sure. got
1: thing yeah as well yeah exactly yeah i was going to say <laughs> that they've
0: got the like the asian sort of theme that's going <laughs> on here you know so it, you know it's it's there it's something let's be honest put put your put your rational hats on here mm. it's to make it their own thing. Like I said, the yeah. tomb King's, they couldn't trademark because of the whole, you know, Egyptian thing going on with it. They, they've made this their own version of them. This is something that they can mm. be games, workshops and no one else's. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like, However, if
1: you, if you have a bunch of old tomb King models, don't despair because they've actually probably fit in pretty well as proxies for these. Some of them, mm-hmm. like looking at the basic infantry, which I believe are the Mortec guard, if I'm getting yep. these names right, they look right. almost exactly like the basic, uh, not, not the basic, basic skeleton int- infantry for Tomb Kings, but the ones with the fancy shields, like the, I forget what they were exactly called. It was literally 12 years ago, but <laughs> yeah. the, the the ones that have the fancy sarcophagus slash hieroglyphic shields and mm. swords, yep. they look really similar in overall design. Um, I have seen some concern about the noses and mm-hmm. I'm, he- yeah. I'm here to, t- I'm here to tell everyone, they're not skeletons. They only look like skeletons because they painted them pale colors. Yep. Uh, they're drawing on influences such as Japanese Oni and Tengu masks for samurai. Yeah, that's right. Which yep. often have prominent noses. Um, and if it really bothers you, these guys, the Mortec Guard specifically, are on 25 mil bases, so the Citadel Skulls box will fit them perfectly. So yeah. just go wild, switching those out. Uh, Swap I,
0: their heads. yeah.
1: I, I personally really like them. I. Uh, I saw someone say, like, I don't like the way they're grinning. I'm like, all skulls grin. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, like sort of I don't. Point out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I,
0: I like them for the same reasons you're saying. I like the noses. I like the fact they're grinning. Again, it's – they're different. You know, mm-hmm. that, and like I said – it but like you said perfectly they aren't skeletons they're they're ivory constructs then they're, they're sort of nearer to necrons really oh
1: in, yeah you know in yeah.
0: an aos environment you know they're sort Which of is, built they're, i they're mean not...
1: so yeah necrons were 40k tomb kings and now we've got of sigma necrons
0: so yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> the, cycle, the cycle is really. complete
1: yeah um now the one Sorry, the, the Sorry one thing I want
0: to say—the um, you know the <laughs> the guys with the the four arms, Yes. Uh, which which what are not know what they call—they are, they are the stalkers Necropolis or? stalkers,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, because one thing I didn't realize, I was saying to Martin at work the other day, I was like, "Oh, they they got really small heads." And it is as mm. because I was looking at them, bleary eyed at like six a.m. <laughs> when they, um, you know, when I woke up to the reveals, I didn't realize yeah. that there's multiple heads on that head. Mm. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, I, <laughs> they are uh, so cool. So the, the fluff there is these. So the basic infantry have a single hero soul in them the necropolis stalkers are bigger and to make them more effective in combat they have the souls of four heroes bound within them. So they have four faces and the faces swivel around and which one is looking forward is the one that's in charge of the combat style effectively. (laughs) So like half so he's, he's doing standard like Azir style fencing with his four swords, and then it's like that's not working, so the head swivels around, and suddenly he's like a corn warlord doing brutal, heavy yep. handed blows and stuff. and I really love it, I just love that fluff. Um, also, uh, someone pointed out if you take the spare heads from the mounted ones, which are the cavalos death riders, because that mm-hmm. kit does have spare heads, we saw it in the uh, trailer, there's multiple heads for that kit and stick them on the necropolis stalkers, they just look like Ushabti from the Tomb Kings line. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. You can bring in more of your old Tomb King stuff and say, yeah, these are just necropolis stalkers. Um, they also a lot of people thought they were like Tyranid warriors. I think they're like, yeah, this is a cool conversion with Tyranid warriors and the Skeletons. I'm like, no, no, it is, it is a new thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, uh, no, they,
0: they're they're so unique and it, mm. like and like like you said, it's clever how they've incorporated the lore into these so far that they're not just like you said because I think. You know, when you, you got to delve deeper to realize, like I said, they're not skeletons, they're constructs. And like I said, how the the souls play into it. And like, like Mm. we said, that is why they're getting compared to the Stormcast Eternals. And also, it, it, like I said, like we said before, it, it links in to obviously soul wars and and things Mm. like that, where obviously Mm. we know Nagash is, um, you know, um, if you've not read that book, um, you should do. You really should, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we've covered it on the show as well, is that, you know, Nagash has sort of, you know, has dabbled with, that side of things as well. Obviously, we know souls mm. are his thing. That's his currency. Yep. And, it, and it, you know, so this is his version of them, really. Yeah. And I, really I love, the, you know, going, going back to the Death Riders, I love mm. the fact that the the mounts have all got different heads of different types of creature. Mm. You know, it's not just mm. a standard horse type head. You know, you've got like a rhino, you got like a, a bird one. It, it's, it's maybe great. a boar
1: <laughs> in the middle or something. I'm not yeah, sure what the middle one like is. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's um, so good. Um, the mortar cool. crawler, mobile artil- artillery is always a good thing in my books. Um, just a just a big bone catapult. I'm really here for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and like, like I said, that mortarch is uh gorgeous. Um, yeah. Some people some people express confusion over his armor, and that that's not his armor. That is his body. He is naked uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah feel i feel i should point that out but um yeah no i'm gonna get that man i'm gonna fill in all the little bone holes all over his armor i'm gonna fill in his cloak and make it look, look less ragged and then i'm gonna swap his shield out for a goblet that he's pouring wine out of onto the ground oh
2: lovely. and he's,
1: he's gonna be a silanesh demon prince and then I'll, I'll switch out all the skeletons for demonettes and stuff like that but <laughs> like yeah i, I got to go full i'm gonna go full um Full, not quite a JoJo's reference, and make it the court of the Crimson King, and just get that entire song packed in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Have the, black, have the Black Queen in one corner doing a ritual, bring in the Fire Witch, etc., etc. It's a good, it's a good album, by the way. People should listen to that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, so we, we, so, so, so
0: then we obviously we got we got the Battle Tome as well, as mm-hmm. you know, obviously to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. They've not shown off any in the spells or no. such like with it, but I'm sure something oh, yeah. Yeah. will be there. Um, um, is this October? Are we, is that what, the, from memory, the trailer they, said? They,
1: they, they say a model realm near you soon, and we've not even mm. shown all their models yet, so we don't, I'm assuming they'll be the October filler. Um, yeah. And one final thing, hey, you know how Morgasts uh, just don't fit super anywhere? Um, mm-hmm. Guess what? They fit these aesthetically perfectly, and apparently, according to people who are at the panel, they will be part of this. So, yeah. awesome. Makes perfect sense they fit yep. perfectly gives them a nice big heavy hitter unit so i'm into mm-hmm. it oh <laughs> god these these are just so good i'm not going to make an army of them i'm just going to buy like half the model range anyway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah for other things
0: ah. yeah yeah <laughs> i like you i'm not i'm not going to buy these but i i'm definitely wanting us to cover their oh yeah 100 on the show 100%. i definitely want to talk yeah. about their law without that goes without saying so yes mm-hmm. wherever there's a you know even though we've got like i said, a rough, plan for the rest of the year something is going to get shifted aside (laughs) to to cover their battle time guaranteed so uh, yeah very excited and and like like i said when the Deepkin came out i love to be into the hobby when a faction comes out like he's like yes i was here when you know because there's times where (laughs) factions come you know if you because obviously you know most of us have dipped in and out of the hobby over the years, and it's yeah. and it's sometimes you miss stuff. And you're like, oh wait a minute, I missed these when they first came out, like a brand, a whole brand new made up faction, and it's just great mm. when you're mm. you're here to be, you know, to be part Absolutely. of it not obviously missing out on it so that's really cool um and the last thing for aos or for the main bit of aos is the the mortal realms subscription magazine that sort of just Mm. cheekily (laughs) come (laughs) as as Sharon is coming out um so this is basically the aos version of conquest so obviously conquest magazine was the one where you you basically you get you know the first issue quite cheap and then you set up a subscription and obviously you'd inadvertently get obviously a lot of primaris and death yeah, stuff um, yeah and paint and all that sort of stuff it's still going i think there's up to about mm. 50 or so issues at the moment i think it's over halfway i think conquest yeah from what i understand yeah. and yeah and this will be the aos version and as expected it, it'll be based on the stuff from soul war so it's obviously uh, Stormcast and night haunt um mm-hmm. yeah it's looking re- i mean it's, <laughs> my first thoughts on it were um if you look at the first issue, which is yes. over here, is what one is like two ninety nine. Yeah, i was thinking. I'm hoping they. I hope they sell these in the shop somewhere. Cause oh god! Got I'd love to. to buy loads of them because you'd get. Oh like, my god! Because it's so ten many... chain
1: rasps, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah. That that, that that's what <laughs> I was talk, talking about. Is that you, you've got like I said, ten chain rasps. That's twenty five pounds as a box yeah, here. Exactly. And, like, and you're getting that plus extra, and for only two ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. like it's,
1: my, my one really big complaint with Games Workshop last year was the Chain Rasps box set was just the same 10 Chain Rasps, but for like a massive amount of money. Like mul- yeah. no multi part, just the easy fit kit. They all look identical. But mm-hmm. hey, if I can just buy like five of these, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll spend exactly. like 30 bucks or whatever it's going to be over here total. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just I get mean, 50 I, Chain Rasps.
2: <laughs>
0: I think it's, I mean, I don't. I, I need to look further into it, but I'm assuming initially maybe probably UK and, and such like, like it was, and then yeah. they expand it into but they've, they've other countries.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, well, and, al- it's just, and also it, the it, thing is, like Conquest is, as you said, quite deep into its run. My local games workshop still has first issue Conquest magazines oh. like being restocked. Cool. every now and again. So if this is just coming to, coming to my local store like once a month or something, I'll just buy them all then. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> mind. Or yeah. yeah. Look, uh, so, I would just, yeah. just want to run a million chain rasps. They're so good when there's <laughs> yeah. like a billion of them, but they're so expensive <laughs> right. on their own. <laughs> I know.
0: So yeah, that's all very exciting. Again, something just mm. crept out of sort of nowhere, really. <laughs> yeah. um, right, so that's AOS. So we'll now delve into... The other stuff um mm-hmm. so this well the next bit is sort of aos because it's now Warcry. Yes. so they've announced the first expansion already for Warcry, which is going to be called yes. monsters and mercenaries um mm-hmm. i'm very excited about this what yeah you me too
1: i'm pretty excited we kind of knew this was coming because the Warcry Core rulebook has like the rune key marks page that shows you all the different rune key marks that will ever be in the game presumably and one of them was gargantuan um and so the cover for this is a Dark Oath War Queen fighting a Chimera. So I guess Chimeras and other large monsters are in the game now, which I'm all the way here for. Yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. like it, I feel it's basically how you're going to bring in heroes without making it overpowered. Be like, you, you know, you can't have an actual HQ choice in your warband, but you can hire on like a War Queen or a Chieftain or like, a, a, like a Slaughter Priest, maybe. For a, corn, mm, yeah. for a corn Warband or something like that. Or you can just feed your entire warband and just bring a giant. Just like, he, he ate, he ate <laughs> yeah. all my buddies except this one guy who's in charge. So it's, it's this one it's this one guy from the Untamed Beast and a giant. That's all you've got to fight. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, just the one thing is, as it is, in Warcry an ogre has 30 hit points.
0: Yeah, How many hit exactly. points does
1: a Chimera have? <laughs> Well, that's the thing.
0: It's you, you can see it's <laughs> going to potentially be where it's almost like the neutral sort of player, mm, where it's you know, warbands uh, all against one monster, mm, also mm. or, or com- uh, you know a combination of them. So I think this is great. I think this is perfect. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm more I'm more excited about the monster side than the mercenary side. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Mercenaries are cool. Nothing wrong with that. But I think it's definitely that whatever they do with the monsters oh, is yeah, really cool. 100%. Um, and I mean, again, there's been a bit of flack from the community sort of saying like oh you know we've got an expansion already um but it's optional you know yeah, it's not it's more fun know, stuff
1: to play with guess what it's not a bad thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and like, i presume it's just a book from looking at yeah. it i don't think it's because mm. there's probably no need for it to be in a box of any sort no unless they put cards with it maybe i don't know
1: it, it'll be a book and like a bunch of card packs or mm. a single card pack with all the monsters maybe yeah. I can see that actually. Have the Monsters and Mercenaries card pack expansions. Get your Mercenary pack or your Monsters pack. You're sorted. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That, oh, I, this yeah. this system makes expansions so easy now. I've just realised. You don't even need to print a whole book. You can just print a bunch of cards and s- yeah. just have a card in there that tells you how they interact with normal warbands. You don't even need a book. That's I it. mean, they're giving us one. No. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, they're making it easy. So I'm, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this and, mm. and, and it's nice that they're following this monster theme because obviously, you know, the fact that the core set yeah. comes with, you know, sort of neutral yeah. monsters as such. So, yeah, mm. Mm. I may have, oh, may, well, I've got, hopefully I can use my manticore yeah. at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be awesome, actually. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The Lord's not attached to him. <laughs> He's just, yeah, he just, just sits on him it. Off. <laughs> So it, this I can manticore take him got off. got loose. He got loose exactly. from up
1: on stable. you got to hunt him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be very cool. Um, it would be. We've we've also got the shortest Necromunda teaser ever, which is Necromunda <laughs> Dark Uprising. Now, mm-hmm. um, I actually listened to a podcast that talks about Necromunda a lot, and it sounds insanely good. And I want to play it. Uh, and from what I've heard about what this probably is, I want to play it even more. Uh, because this is most likely uh they're going to bring the corpse grinder gang in. Uh, yeah. so have you heard about that? <laughs>
0: Um, I heard that that's what it's rela- probably relating to, but I okay. don't know wh- who they are.
1: So, the Corpse Grinders are a corn cannibal cult. and Nice. Um, they they are a corn cannibal cult because it was a normal corn cult that sprung up in one of the hives. And it got to the point where, overall, they said, we can't do anything about this. Just lock that, lock that sub-hive up, close every way in and out of it, and then just bury it like literally put, dump earth on it and a hundred years time we'll come and open it and there'll be nothing left we can clean it out we can repopulate the area and the corpse grinders are what survived that <laughs> apparently <laughs> which is incredible so it's like yeah they're just trapped in one of the subhives for decades on end eating each other to survive until they were finally let loose back into necrobunda proper and i'm like yeah i'm here for that actually <laughs>
0: That sounds very good, actually. They that, have I think amazing I think they're models. actually in the new bo- the, the latest book, I think, in mm. the Book of Judgment. I think it relates yeah. to them. So I've not had yeah. a chance to read that yet. So yeah, i I mean, like you said, it's a very short trailer and obviously everyone was like, well, it's a bit like comparing it to the Sidekick Awakening one, like well, mm. tell us a bit more. But I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if it's based on what, what people are suspecting, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I just want and to see I, the models. I, yeah. <laughs> well, that's always yeah.
1: the way. <laughs> Nepomunda models are so good; they're great for everything. Hey, here's your world eaters cultists. Is what I'm yeah. guessing it's going to be. Um, but you never know. <laughs> Actually, I mean, talk,
0: talking of their models is at the moment. I mean, I don't know if it's the same for other countries, but here the uh, the Palanite enforcers are still out of stock. You wow. still can't buy them. Wow! And they didn't have any at Warhammer World when I went a few That's weeks ago. incredible. And, yeah, they're still like like still shown as temporarily out of stock, and and obviously. Any, you know, if you look at other places like you know other websites, mm. obviously they're higher price now because obviously they're in the short, they were just so popular that they yeah. just <laughs> sold out. So, yeah, well, but that's good though because again, it shows mm. how the, you know popular Necromunda still is at times, and that's and oh, yeah. we want it to be. You know, you mm. don't want these these games to sort of die away. Um, right, let's switch to uh, the land of Tolkien. Let's switch yep. to uh, Middle yep. Earth. So. Uh, sort of two bits really obviously again as part of nova open they've shown off the war in rohan as the next mm-hmm. book so again it's great that they're still supporting this um yeah and still, obviously and it's also not long off after the last book which is the mm. uh, scouring of the uh, of the shire so yeah that's really cool um i need to sort of hopefully delve <laughs> in <and> see what <laughs> what that's relating to um and obviously I think as of – well, I think it came out yesterday, the mm. sort of – they made to order because – well, there's sort of two, really, because I think the – as of now, the normal one is finished because I think about a week yeah. or so ago, they put up, you know, a collection of models like they do, and that's probably finished by now. But also, mm. um, what they've done is they've announced a set of three models, which is Legolas, Bard, and – tariel um, mm-hmm. from the sort of Lake Town part of the the Hobbit movies and, yeah. and story, uh, that basically, yeah, that I think from what I understand, these are models that were were made ages ago but never released, so they're mm, not new okay. models in the sense that they've just done them; they just did them ages ago and just never got around to doing them. And actually, in resin as well, because you you can oh, buy them wow. via Forge World, because yeah. I think I think they're available at the event, but um. And other events but there's now this week window that's now up mm. on forge world where you can buy all three of them as a as a cool resin kit so that's cool
1: yeah yeah get on it
0: <laughs> uh yeah. no, right what else we've got so warhammer heroes you know you know mm. we people that you know that we're striving to be <laughs> <laughs> so <day>. um <laughs> yeah that'd be nice yeah, so yeah. uh yeah so yeah, so the the Warmer Heroes is obviously a way you can nominate well anyone really, as far as I know, mm-hmm. anyone that you can nominate. Um, that's open out on the do uh, November twenty eighth mm-hmm. is where you can nominate. You know, people at your local clubs, people uh, online people that do podcasts. Mm. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, joke society it's just it's a, it's a lovely way of uh, sort of nominating people that, you know, just do a lot of good stuff in, you know, in the mm. hobby community and and yeah. such like. So, uh, and if you go to Warhammer World, you can see, you know, the first few people that were I think it was about I don't know 10 or so people. Um, mm. You can see their names on a board in Bugmans, which is really cool. So, uh, so yeah, it's good to see that they're doing that again. Again, it's nice to acknowledge people that mm. really make the effort and, you know, do good by everyone else. So that's really cool mm. as well. Right. Okay. Uh, So the last couple of little bits now before we wrap up news. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost there. Just the last bits. So we got the Warhammer Underworlds Grand Masters. So that's Mm -hmm. a uh, the finals. I think next year. Yeah, Global Championship Finals 2020. So that's you know if you're into the competitive side of Warhammer Underworlds, happy days. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. You got Warhammer Legends. So yeah. uh, Again, this has caused a bit of controversy, especially in the competitive community. So uh Warhammer Legends, as we know, this is where similar to what they've done in AOS, and obviously this is more for the 40k side of things, is that basically, so basically any units th- that were in the mm. old indexes mm. that have not been superseded in the subsequent codexes are now considered Warhammer Legends. So basically mm. they will be given p- points still, so proper points, as so not in Uh, power level they'll be given points but they're never touched again i Mm. their points will remain whatever you know they won't re-review them every year as part of chapter approved (laughs) um and also i think which is the big thing that's affecting people is that gw are are basically saying they're not going to be recommended for you know competitive use anymore yeah. Um, so any so any GW tournaments, you won't be able to use the index units that or mm-hmm. Warhammer Legend units, I should say. Um, obviously, independent tournaments can obviously make their own decision on that. technically. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's I mean, just one of those things, isn't it? Really? Yeah.
1: I I am personally happy that there will be rules forever, as they say, for these old units, because uh, uh, I I built one of them. I built a build a saucer on a palanquin. Uh, yep. So it's nice to know that its rules will never go away, Like they'll always be usable in some way or another. Uh, I don't really play many tournaments, so it won't affect me too much, but I'm sure there's lots of people out there who use like bike chaplains and stuff that are a little mm-hmm. ticked off about that, which that's fair. I can't blame you there. Yeah. But, true. I mean, on, at the end of the day, they can't produce a model for everything they've ever written up as a model. And, space is limited etc cetera, etc cetera, in their design process who knows maybe in five years time we'll have chaplains and librarians and everything on bikes again which would be quite nice yeah. actually i'd be into that. exactly it doesn't
0: mean that they're never going to go come back again it's just i suppose they're putting them in a box over there go here you go you know you got mm. points for them we just don't want, you know, in the night, in the nicest way, we don't want to waste our time on them anymore. I, yeah, we don't want to have to think about reviewing their points every year, etc. Like and like Cameron said, don't worry about, you know, worrying about space and design and things like that. It's just like you can still use them. It's just they're going to be over here, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. you know where they remain. So it's an understandable, mm. you know, decision. Uh, but I can understand, like like you said, Cameron, I can understand people being frustrated as well but yeah, yeah you know again it was like when we spoke about the stuff that was uh that was happening with obviously with the upcoming cities of sigma in mm, uh, aos mm. that you know certain units have now sort of gone into that same category it, you know it happens unfortunately you know yeah. i know it's not cool but it's got to happen sometimes you know it's just the way the way the <laughs> the industry has to work unfortunately so uh Right, uh, last two little bits of news. Obviously, yep. Aero Nautica Imperialis, Um, I think, is probably going up for pre-order <coughs> next week. Is it next uh, week? It's, I think it's up
1: for pre-order up? today. And it's also oh, it in Games Workshop stores on display today. Yeah. Lovely.
0: So um, that's looking cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, they accidentally showed that there will be expansions on the way already because they put an image up for an Orc fighter bomber thing that's not been shown <laughs> yet. Uh, so there's more vehicles coming on the way already. For Aeronautica Imperialis, which is cool, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like an interesting game. I would like to go try it out at some point. No, I don't, I won't have time this week, but I'd like to. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah, um, I, I, can see them expanding it with like Eldar and Tau flyers and stuff like that as well. It'd be really cool. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty. I think the price I've seen out there is fifty-five pounds. Mm, and obviously yeah. cheaper from an indie is, store so that's not bad you know it's it a, a lot more affordable price.
1: than other gaming systems because the miniatures are just really small comparatively
0: yeah uh, but it's all you need as well you know it's mm, again you don't you know apart from expansions you're the you know the core stuff will give you enough to play i think it's a couple hours a game mm, and i think mm. it sort of tells you of how you can expand like if you get more boards and you know spread it how you can make bigger games like you can with obviously a lot of systems so yeah. yeah. I mean if mm. it's of interest, I think great. <laughs> yeah, sounds a good deal really.
2: Mm.
0: And lastly, Warhammer Horror has been Yay. revealed. There's the well, I say beve- been revealed as in the new season of it has been revealed. Um mm. and they've obviously shown off a lot of new books that are coming. It's quite a few actually, isn't there? At least a dozen yeah. or so, from yeah. what I can remember <laughs> seeing. So and and I think that's good because I mean I've only read one, which was the the Lost No. So the Wicked and the Damned, yeah. And I think you've read a couple, haven't you? Remember? Uh,
1: I read the Drakenfels republishing, which is technically <laughs> part of it, and it was really, really good. Incidentally, people should read that. Um, <laughs> I've not read any of the newer Warhammer Horror mo- novels that are not from like the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd... yeah, let me let me look at this article really quickly. Yeah, we've got yeah. we've got a lot of books in here actually. Um, mm. Yeah, there's actually quite more. <laughs> including one by uh, Josh Reynolds set in the Mortal Realms. <clears yeah, <clears
0: <throat> Dark Harvest.
1: Yeah. A disgraced warrior priest going to an isolated farming community in the wilderness of Garan. I'm into that. That sounds good. Yep. <laughs> oh, and he's writing, he's writing Invocations, which I think is a 40k one?
0: Yeah, in- Invocations Imperial priest. is a... Yeah. yeah, is um that's a, oh, no. a, co- a collection of stories,
1: I think. Yeah, no, that's not Josh Reynolds, beg pardon. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're, oh I see. They're showing them by the month they're coming out. That's good. So yes, so we've got, got a few yeah, coming out. Yeah, in October, you've got House of Night and Chain by David Annandale about uh, an Imperial Guard colonel, The Way Out by Rachel Harrison a, about a ship becalmed in space, uh, Castle of Blood by C.L. Werner in November, and... Watcher in the Rain by Alec Wally. That's the one that looked really good. With yeah, the, with uh, the that, cool artwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then December, we've got Josh Reynolds. Perfect. Thank you. Games Workshop, lovely Christmas present. Josh <laughs> Reynolds, which is <laughs> me.
0: The best Christmas present.
1: <laughs> and invocations. And then in January, we have Josh Reynolds again with what looks like an audio drama. Mm. Darkly Dreaming. Darkly Dreaming. Mm. That looks very cool. Uh, and then February and March have a few titles with our covers coming as well. So that's awesome. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they've got plenty coming. So, And I think, like I said, I'm really happy about that because, like I said, the the one that I've read I felt was good, but when I say mm. it could be better, as in I think they're still finding their feet with Buama horror. as Because yeah. obviously, as you as you know yourself from reading a lot, <laughs> a lot of the novels are just are quite graphic and horrible anyway yeah. when they don't even have the horror tag to them. So it's sort of getting it into that sort of realm where you're not going – Silly, you know, o, you know, O.T.T. Mm. horror because mm. otherwise that just becomes, yeah, just becomes silly. So,
1: yeah,
0: uh, like I said, it, it just, sh- but it shows that they're investing in it. Like, like this <laughs> is going to be a thing. You know, there is going to be a whole section now devoted to just horror in the Warhammer yeah. universes. So, I'm really happy about that, and I want to read as many of them as I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that's been the news. Like I said we had a, a nice lot to catch up on i said it's been it's been good with the news this week i think because obviously we've had some amazing mm. reveals but also like oh, I said, yeah. it's been amazing seeing people's reaction to stuff yeah. as well. because again it's <laughs> been so polarizing which is always really cool to talk about so uh so yeah um so we'll take our next little break uh, and when mm. we return we're going to talk about the secrets in a certain fortress oh. beware and we are back And we are back to talk about the Blackstone Fortress. (laughs) And all the secrets involved in it. So, yep, as uh, mentioned earlier, we are going to discuss the novel Blackstone Fortress by Darius Hinks. Um, So, as always, spoiler warning... There will be big spoilers in this, yes. particularly. Quiet. Um, <laughs> so if you've not read this book um, and want to, I would definitely go and read it first before we spoil anything, obviously. Mm. Um, I You may have to tell me about this, Cameron, but yes. is there anything that spoil, in this book that spoils the game?
1: Uh, not directly as far as I can tell. This is a prequel to the game, which I wish they'd advertised more. Because I would have bought the book like six months ago <laughs> and read it back then. Because I was like, no, I want to try and finish the game before I read the book about the game. It's like, actually, I no, haven't had wrong time. Way around. Yeah, wrong way round. A, I haven't had time to play Blackstone Fortress recently, and B, uh, the book is a prequel and just sets up the game. Like it's it. The the end of the book is the first stage of the game. Effectively, it's like you're ready to go. <laughs>
2: right, cool.
0: There we go. So just mm-hmm. again, if you if you've not played the game, because obviously there's sort of spoilers involved in that as well. So it's okay. So, you know, you can, <laughs> you can mm. read mm. this first, then play the game. Yes. That's cool. Right. right. Okay. So, uh, as we have actually got the paper back in front of us, mm. uh, some of us haven't been listened to it on audible cause it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, you can actually read the back of it. Yeah. There are those in the great expanse of the galaxy that seek profit, wherever it is to be found. The deal makers, the opportunists and explorers. The rogue traders, granted power by an ancient charter, sanctioned by the emperor himself, these scoundrels, entrepreneurs and adventurers roam the galaxy in search of fortune and glory. None perhaps are as hungry for those twin vices as Janus Drake all but disowned by his wealthy family, regarded as a wayward son of ill repute and little potential. Drake knows he must restore his fortune soon, or his misadventures will see him destitute and discarded. So it is then that when he finds a truly exceptional prize, one that will return him to his deserved station, Drake recruits a crew of fellow treasure seekers and sets them to the task. Drake's obsession is all-consuming, and he will risk everything to obtain his prize and his many secrets, including his life or even that of his crew. Wow. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I've not actually read the blurb, and now I'm always going to have the carry on my wayward side stuck in my head (laughs) uh, whenever I do anything related to Drake, so I might as well just play that whenever I play Blackstone Fortress now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Crack on. <laughs> God.
2: So
0: uh so yeah, that's um that's what this book is about. Um mm, more or less. Right, okay. That's have Vic Cameron. Um mm. Mm. what's your overall thoughts on it?
1: Uh it is quite a good book. Um I would say personally, it, it is a good book, it's definitely worth reading. I don't think it sits near the upper echelons of black library stuff for me, but I did quite enjoy it. Um for two main reasons: one, we got some detail about a crew and being a crew—that's always cool. They don't get enough love. And two, uh, a lot of this book is not like what we you saying about the uh, the Knights of the crags. Like a lot of bolter porn and stuff like that. Like a lot of combat mm-hmm. action focus. A lot of this book yep. is like life around the Blackstone Fortress or working your way out through parts of the Blackstone Fortress not necessarily like just like and then he drew his gun and shot a man and sliced another man down and all that, <laughs> yes, all that yeah. kind of, like, there's plenty of fighting in it if that's what you're really into but there's a lot more not not necessarily more interesting but more like a uh, convoluted more world building stuff around there like there is a lot of really yeah. good world building in this which is great uh Precipice in terms of the game, is not really described much. It's like, yeah, it's a spaceport next to a Blackstone Fortress. You can park your ships there. Uh, this gave life to Precipice in the most wonderful way pro- possible. I adore <laughs> that crappy space junkyard now. It's so good. Just like the <laughs> yeah. The description of you're sitting in a bar and you're watching as sh- hundreds of ships continually try to reach Precipice and nine out of ten of them just hit the- hit a piece of debris and explode and become <laughs> yeah. part of the debris cloud around the Blackstone Fortress and around Precipice. And then that tenth ship gets through and then has to find a place on the docks that are already crowded with hundreds of ships. It's like everyone's here. It's the place to be. Uh, and it has this thriving culture. Like this, this is, um, there's, there's parts in Ravenna in the Ravenna books where they go to what's called lucky space that's like out mm-hmm. on out out on the fringes past the imperium's reach this is so much that there's all these cultures coming together there's all this really weird stuff like there's a merchant's place and one of the vendors is a 30 foot tall demonic dog that just sits there <laughs> and stares at everyone who doesn't buy his wares it's amazing <laughs> and like I don't know what I don't know what kind of alien that is but I love it, and I love that it's here. There, there is there is a frog alien with a human face that sings sorrowful lullabies of fallen civilizations to calm people down. I'm like, that's great. That's awesome Xenos stuff. Uh, and finally, <laughs> there is a bar where the barkeep is uh, effectively as... I don't think it is he has polio. I think it is he lost, like, all his limbs or something. But he's in literally, like, an iron lung that's strapped to a rail on the bar, and then he has 12 servo arms that he uses to drag himself around the bar serving drinks and he's constantly just yelling and belittling and swearing at everyone else because they all have it better than him because they can walk around and like lift drinks and stuff (laughs) and he just hates all of his customers but the customer's like is the best bar on precipice um (laughs) and like his way of getting back is he takes a photo of every customer when they first come in and when they die on the blackstone fortress he pins it up on a board (laughs) <laughs> like i've, yep. I've outlived well, isn't it, isn't this customer
0: it, isn't it a shard of the um actual blackstone in the hmm? in the actual bar
1: yeah they've got a I
0: thought it was a shard isn't it yeah they've got a big I think that's piece what of the blackstone it on, fortress
1: isn't it? yeah like the fortress got Which you is... but i'm smart i live on precipice instead of going in there yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think aren't you forgetting his uh his uh pet as well mm,
1: yeah he's got uh the cyber bear Changed to the yeah. bar, um <laughs> which we had a I had a bit of discussion about with on Twitter, and I kind of want that bear's story uh <laughs> I, I, I just want it to be the equivalent of like Wojtek, which was a a bear that joined the Polish army, I think in the second world War or might have been the first uh and it's just they found a bear cub and to keep it with them, they had to enlist it as a private and then mm. it it learned to carry artillery shells. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want that story grafted to 40k with this bear, but like the the wow, sad, boy. yeah, the sad, grim, dark ending is it ends up chained to a bar in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> surrounded by awful, awful people. <laughs> because you, it's got to be, it's got to be horrible and awful. It's 40k, obviously. But yeah, no, <laughs> Precipice has amazing flavor. Like, just even the system of government. is like the first ten captains who showed up here realize. Actually, the Blackstone Fortress is super dangerous. We don't want to explore there, but we can make a ton of money just running this spaceport that's starting up. And so, like, their crew doesn't travel into the Blackstone. They just walk around solving, solving quote unquote, disputes, which generally means just shooting everyone involved in any fights. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's got that real, um, what's the, in, in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, it's like the Tortuga of 40k. Yeah, that's yeah, a good analogy. It's, it's, yeah, got, that, it's yeah. got that really strong, lawless, chaotic flavor that I really love in things. Mm. And then the Blackstone <laughs> itself is deadly, mysterious, and ultra weird, and kind <laughs> of sort of sentient, which is great. But, like, you know, there's a big part of the game is a, an encounter could be you've got to fight all these guys, or an encounter could be you're trapped in the laser hallway or you're trapped in a mirror maze and there's all kinds of other stuff that's just as deadly as the combat encounters and I feel this book portrays that really well there's all kinds of mm-hmm. crazy stuff like um a river of black ooze that burns living things alive but doesn't burn dead things and all that kind of weird crazy stuff like uh, spoilers obviously uh, but <laughs> <laughs> And you know, like if you drip your blood onto the floor in this certain room, the floor detaches itself into a swarm of d- predatory drones that come after you, and, <laughs> like this wave of like pixels. Eff- like I I viewed it as like a voxel art thing, like just this crashing wave of individual pixels chasing after people yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. I can yeah, see that. yeah, it's like it's really cool. It's really weird. Um, like I think I think my I don't know. Say my dis- dissatisfaction the. It, the area I enjoyed the least, I think, was the overall story, <laughs> because the overall story oh, was- Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, it was good. i was saying I enjoyed it the least. The rest was just way better, I think. But the overall story yeah. is Janus Drake coming to terms with his past and getting ready for the board game, effectively. <laughs> he, he grows into yeah. the person he is in the game, who's this guy who can lead multiple expeditions into this terrible, awful place, and, like, it had its own intrigues and stuff, and, like, it, I don't know, it just felt like the antagonist was very detached from the protagonist, because mm-hmm. our, yeah, antagonist, I feel that. Yeah, our antagonist is a sanctioned psyker who gets exterminatist for no good reason, and he can't accept that, so he lets a demon possess him and gets teleported on board the Blackstone Fortress, and the fortress wants him out, so it draws all these explorers in to flush him out, and that that's the gist of the arc of why they're fighting this guy's like, yeah, we're looking for a way to control the Blackstone Fortress. Actually, no, you're just... Uh, you're just doing surgical duty for this, which, I mean, is cool, <laughs> but it's it's less yeah. satisfying as an overall story arc. Like, the, the little intra-character arcs are quite good, especially between mm-hmm. uh, Drake and Corval, the Navigator. That's quite a good one. I quite enjoyed that. But, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but overall, the, the, the main arc of the story is just there to set the scene. And the, the meat, I feel, is this fortress itself, precipice, and these characters interacting with each other.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Actually, I think uh, I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, the story just moves them along. Um, mm. Whereas the, the it's the interactions, it's the actual Blackstone Fortress, which which you know arguably is almost the main character. Oh yeah, because obviously the the Blackstone Fortress gets mentioned as being a she or or old unfathomable, you know, yeah, by the uh, the demon. You know, which <laughs> is it, it's, it's a great name. Uh, you know, so and. The, the they sort of portray the fortress as a, a living thing you mm. know like it's a living mm. you know spaceship basically or space station yeah uh, which is sort of it it is really in effect that is mm. actually what it is um and you're right i think that the it's almost it, it's the the story just gets you from a to b mm. um it, it, like i said it's it's a good it's a good story but it's it's you know it's passable isn't it really it's it, it's it doesn't yeah. it's not the highlights, like you said it's no. the characters <laughs> and what you have to go through um and i think as well one thing i would definitely say is that if you if you are going to read this book is you need a bit of imagination i think mm. with it um no in a, I, mean, I mean that in a good way it's just that, that when the certain things are happening uh, especially in the uh in the fortress when when, when the fortress is Putting the, the 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 crew or the, the obviously the gang of them in, in peril, you know, like like you mm. like uh, Cameron was describing, where you know it's basically attacking them or it's morphing or it's transforming in some sort of way. Mm. You do need because. And to be fair, Darius Hanks has done a great job of it, but it's actually, it's probably quite hard to explain. You've you've almost got, you know, trying to, you've got to sort of almost visualize it. You know, if I'm explaining, mm -hmm. you know, a story where it's like, oh, I've shot a bolter, it blew the orc's head off. You can imagine that quite easily. But when you're sort of talking about shapes that are in the dark and it's morphing Mm -hmm. and twisting Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to use a lot of analogies and metaphors and stuff. mm
1: -hmm. I have a really good thing that you should watch before you read this book. Watch Doctor Strange. It will help. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm, that's that, actually a, yes
1: yeah that's actually really yes, good I that's just a very
0: of- <laughs> very good shout. actually yeah i hadn't even thought of doctor strange yes mm. yeah, like where the more the walls are morphing and mm. you know and mm-hmm. things like that yeah that's a, imagine like a very darker grimmer version of uh, yeah of yeah, doctor strange. It, yeah that's a, a very bending good reality imagine. to
1: get places it's the fortress trying to smash you with pillars that are infinity kilometers tall that are crashing yeah. out and replacing themselves <laughs> yeah. as they go and stuff like that. yeah It's a, it's a lot of really mind bending crazy stuff, uh, which yeah. really plays in because also as part of the plot, the fortress itself is also like psychically attuned and will m- bend your own mind against you and make you relive your past. And you're not sure if you're in the past or the present or the future. Uh, so this also plays into this. It's crazy to look at before it starts projecting your childhood fears at you. And then gets
0: really yeah. bad. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I, and that's it. And also, I would add if you you would probably if you've ever watched the film Event Horizon mm, as well, I mm. think you would have, uh, which is a horror film from yeah, 1997, yeah. probably with mm. like Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, where it's basically a a spaceship that's gone to hell and back, literally, yeah. and has been you know corrupted and you know it has its own mind and and it mm. starts making the crew start seeing things this is very very similar to that so again, yeah, if you go watch yeah. that film you'd probably have connections to it mm. as well
2: yeah
1: um like that's the atmosphere I, I think, and strange as the visuals let's put it like that watch those exactly. watch those two films then read the book <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Recommend and watch then list. play the game <laughs> then play then play the board game because it's a good game and you and it's got lots of great expansions um <laughs>
0: But I think, I think overall, um, I like, I really enjoyed it, but I think because it's very different mm. to the normal sort of stuff that we've seen, um, in your standard 40k novels, uh, you know, you, you, you do get references to the outer world, as in what's going on. There's a reference to Gilliman at some point, mm. um, you know, you do get references to Terra, um, so, you know, it's in modern day, uh, 40k. But it's, it's still, it's a bit like, I suppose, when we covered the Spire novel, it's very, yeah. it has similarities to that, where mm. it's its own isolated world, where it's got its own rules and, well, and sometimes no rules. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you know, it's part of the, the mortal realms, but it's, mm. it's so isolated. And this is the same sort of situation, you know, because, you know, for any, if you've not, if you're not familiar with Blackstone fortresses as a, as a concept, um, you know, so sort of just, to sort of get your head around it obviously these are massive Unknown alien space stations, effectively, that have that carry mm. a great amount of power. Um, I think I believe I think I've got my facts straight that this is the seventh fortress out of all of them. Yes. I think the previous six of well, one of them we know, uh, effectively destroyed Cadia yes. when uh, <laughs> Abaddon uh, literally decided to run it into Cadia. Um, and a few of them have been destroyed, and there's a couple of them that are still mm-hmm. lingering around, but they're usually dormant. Whereas this one, the i the one in, that's the focus of Blackstone just the game and the novel is a different one it's like i said it's the seventh one and it's it's one that's different because it's got it seems to have its own you know intelligence and mind whereas the rest of them are just dormant space stations effectively with a lot of power yeah this one's very you know um do you you feel it was they could have that could have been a bit expanded on like you know what Um, how because obviously You've got this. I know it's obviously that it's part of the setting, and obviously there's only so much you can cover. But I, I suppose the one thing is, it did feel like it. I personally felt like it could have, it could have done with what, where the Blackstone Fortress came from, or unless there maybe was mm. to hide the mystery <laughs> behind it. I don't know. I don't yeah, know What's your thoughts on yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, there are little hints here and there, like uh, one of the characters has a radium scythe, which I think is related to Necron technology, and I'm um, so yeah. <laughs> and at one point the crew figures out that that is created by the same people who created the fortress therefore it can be used to peel apart some of its defenses stuff like that um <clears throat> or something along those lines uh so there's, there's like hints but like as a whole as part of 40k blackstone fortresses have actually been one of those uh, this, this is coming a lot, up a lot in this episode. Blackstone fortresses have been one of those big mysteries about the 40k <laughs> setting. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they've been around for ages. Uh, we know Abaddon took control of a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. but we, we don't know how. We don't know what he's doing. Uh, because this one implies that they are like actually a sentient, not necessarily the life form, but like a grand sentience along the scale of a hive mind. Uh, mm-hmm. it's possible that, you know, th- there's things like that. I'm like thinking like, well, maybe Abaddon, corrupted them through chaos rituals or something like that, which is why this fortress is so eager to excise this uh, little chaos bubble it's got going on in it. But I don't. I feel a big part of what makes this novel really good for me is the weirdness and mystery of it. And I think mm-hmm. some, somewhere down the line, it should be finalized where exactly these came from. Even if it's just something like they were created by the old ones alongside you know, the Eldarian, the Croc and whatever way back mm. when in the, in the ancient eons or it's like the Necron tier created these way back when in the ancient eons and they grew apart or whatever. It should be done eventually, but I feel this book, which is like your taster into this section of the universe. I think it's good to keep that mystery because honestly left me wanting a little more uh, and hopefully they <laughs> yeah. will produce more uh, even if it's just through the expansions that I don't know not the, the, the game itself doesn't come with a ton of story, it just has a lot of flavour, like, you know, it gives really good flavour for, like, enemy units and, and, and weird trial rooms and stuff like that, but it doesn't mm-hmm. ha- doesn't straight up have a book in it um, so maybe maybe we'll get another Blackstone Fortress novel at some point, that would be nice uh, that yeah, delves more deeply into, we'll it. into it yeah, or maybe they're part of Psychic Awakening, who knows um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's in Psychic Awakening, so we can say anything's in it, um <laughs> That's true. Yeah, (laughs) fair
0: point. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, the actual sort of, you know, plot and purpose of this novel is obviously to bring these characters together. So, Mm. you know, obviously some of them are from the the actual game itself. So, you know, Drake is a a rogue trader. We've got um, uh, Isola, who's not in the game. Uh, She's his, what's it, she's an attache, I think is the official term. But she basically is... Is sort of second in command, yeah. you know, secretary just re- keeps an eye on him, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, secretary Basically. with a gun, uh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, look uh, you got Audus, who is a pilot, uh, mm-hmm. which again, not in the game. You've nope. got uh, uh Taddeus, yes, who's the the uh, preacher who's in the game, very mm-hmm. crazy, Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Vaughn, who's the um, oh, the one that was, was she actually officially, um, she is a like,
1: from, Ministorum assistant she's not really yeah. related to anything she, she's the she's the lady with the flamethrower with the chainsaw attached to it who we love yes <laughs> she's she's who, uh, wonderful
0: <laughs> she's great actually and uh, who follows taddeus around mm-hmm. uh, you've got Gek gek who's the uh yeah yeah who's the the croot who's mm-hmm. in the in the game as well. Yep. Uh Corval, who's a navigator yep. who's not in the game, no, um, because obviously there's a a another navigator. navigator in the game, isn't there? Yes. Which was a bit confusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um oh, and then mm. obviously a few other uh side mm. characters as well. Um I I mean the obviously the main purpose of this novel or the way it's portrayed is that they're all they've all been brought together through Well, depends what you believe, really, because obviously Mm -hmm. they've been brought Mm -hmm. together in what seems like conventional circumstances. Obviously, Drake is trying to get into the what's known as the Acaris Vault, who's what he believes Mm -hmm. is the center. Uh, like the, the hub, the brain of the Blackstone mm. Fortress, mm. obviously, you know, and one thing you need to understand, which sort of Cameron alluded to earlier with uh, when he was talking about the barkeeper is obviously, like I said, people are continually going in to the Blackstone Fortress if they can. Obviously, a lot of them are dying yeah. on the way yeah. because obviously it's a very <laughs> treacherous, um, uh, place to get into. Um, but if you do make it in, and, you know, you'd managed to get through all the weirdness. You know, you're, you're pulling out information, you're pulling out old technology, that mm. sort of stuff, really. Yeah. is You know, it's effectively a treasure trove, but obviously a very dangerous one. Uh, <laughs> at that And obviously it fits into the whole Warhammer quest, you know, side yeah. of things when it comes yeah. to obviously the game itself. Now, you know, you've got this sort of, this situation and where, like I said, you see them continue going in. So obviously, you know, from Drake's perspective, he's... A road trader that's looking to, like the back of the book suggests, he's looking to sort of restore his former glory. Uh, That's a whole side story in itself, mm. and and obviously the others have sort of just it, not literally, but they sort of end up coming along for the ride for. Yeah, you know, their own different reasons and they're mm. all they're, yeah. you know, you need this guy you need this you need him and if he comes then she comes as well it's yeah. that sort of situation yeah. <laughs> you know if you i i mean i when i first started reading it i think i said on twitter i compared it to star wars it's, it mm. seems very much like a very grimmer version of star wars you know where you've got yeah. the, this random crew with like solo and chewbacca and then yeah. the skywalkers <laughs> come along and you know and like this sort of ragtag group that have somehow have got a common goal you know sort of between them um mm. But the what the key thing to understand, uh well, that we that we can glean from it in regards to the Blackstone Fortress itself is there's these um I think the tribes is it Maglev's I think they, yeah. they described yeah. as. So, you know, the so, effectively, throughout the Blackstone Fortress, when you get onto it, you've got, you know, like, like we alluded to earlier, you've got rooms, portals that is constantly changing. And it's a sort of place where you go through one portal of such, you could end up in a completely different place. And it would be, it would have changed mm. from the time you went there before. Mm. So, sort of having a map and, as such, is almost nigh impossible yeah. <laughs> to to a degree. Um, apart from Taddeus who has got a manuscript of that he's written himself, effectively because he, mm. he, you know, he's a a very passionate uh, imperial <laughs> priest that uh, that uh, somehow has managed to see all these visions that, uh, and obviously he uses those visions, writes them down in his sort of semi madness. Uh, yeah. That's how he comes across to then obviously navigate around the the Blackstone Fortress.
1: Mm. So. um, yeah.
0: You know, and it, it, I just thought it was like, so we do, do, we do get little bits of information about the Blackstone as a whole. You know, yeah, cause obviously, yeah. like I you said, you're trying to sort of understand it in your head going, right, how do I, how does this place look? How does it work? Um, and all you need to know is it works on its own terms <laughs> and it changes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, I thought the thing with the maglevs and the, and this ha- having a potential mm-hmm. brain, I thought was quite interesting myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was like, like like you said, it makes it a character in its own right. Like the Blackstone Fortress literally has an agenda. It literally has wants and needs and it prioritizes them in order of needs before wants and things like that. And it changes its mind, which is the most amazing Mm. part of it. Like, the thing is, right in, you know, they find this Oscura's Vault. It's actually this bubble filled with horrible chaos stuff that they have to purge. Fine. Um <clears throat> And then the Blackstone Fortress shows Drake something he was looking for, which is like a doorway, and through it, he can see the family crest. He's like, but why is my family crest on this ancient alien vessel? And like, he takes a step forward, and the line is literally, then the Blackstone Fortress changed its mind. And that door just snaps shut and goes away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the fortress yeah. is like, no,
0: you're not seeing it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna keep you around in case I need you again. So he's a little taste. He's a little Mm. A little. You're not getting it, though. No, no, no. I Need to keep you here. Uh, <laughs> 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 like it, it's, given yeah. it's personality. It's really good. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's great because you, you're seeing the, the the fortress's personality without it being a person. You're seeing mm. how it mm. reacts to things, but in a in a I suppose a third person perspective. It's very yeah. yeah it's very very strange, but it's <laughs> it's it's very, it's very cool indeed. Um. Now, I, I think one character we really need to. Go, I think, talk about is mm. is um, the Crute. Yes, uh, oh, I love him, Greg, <laughs> because um, I think arguably he's. Probably the most intriguing character, mm, I would say, I would agree. apart from the Blackstone Fortress yeah. itself, is probably the most intriguing character. And it's, and I'll be honest, I never thought I, I didn't see that coming. In the sense that I thought, oh, you know, he's a croot, you know, he's, mm. he's the he's the Chewbacker <laughs> of, <laughs> of this story, you know, you know, he'll do his thing, but he's actually you see, or it reveals a lot about his race mm. that I personally wasn't really aware of, um, yeah, which i thought was fascinating what was your take on on the crack
1: um i really liked him uh when i bought this book my local games workshop manager said it's a good book the crew's weird at the start but it works out in the end it's like it's for a reason it's like i'm like okay yeah it be we were probably going to be weird anyway, the Crute. Um but, you know, he's very weird. Uh he's like almost shamanistic, like he's covered in these little bug cages filled with like beetles with their legs pulled off and flies with no wings and things like that. And every now and again he just takes one out and eats it and stuff like that. Um but yeah, we get we get a good focus on him. Like a decent portion of the book is assigned to him and his personal quest in here, which is to get back into the Blackstone and find an ancient cache of relics related to his home home because they don't they don't have home worlds they have like home spheres like they have oh, yeah. these sphere ships but um technically whatever like so his his mission is he's on a mission from the clan elders to go out into the universe and find things to aid the clan effectively uh which mm-hmm. he took yeah. to be like relics weapons all that kind of stuff like ancient technology that can help him which is why he's here um but we get a, a lot of insight into how crew function so like for those who don't know, Kroot are an alien carnivorous race that grows stronger by eating dead creatures in or alive creatures, as the case may occasionally be. But uh, they become stronger, <laughs> a lot like the Tyranids, actually, which is easily interesting, because as a Kroot eats something, they can assess strengths and weaknesses and even sometimes memories and feelings and information. And then... Yep what's called a crute Shaper, which I don't know if Grek actually is a Shaper. I know he's a veteran warrior, but in the clan, a crute Shaper can eat something and then determine which genetic components are the most useful for this clan and single them out and then pass them on to the rest of the clan by saying, eat this specific bit and focus. And like, they literally evolve as they eat. Um, which, side note, is where all the Kroot, uh animals come from. Like crute hounds, uh, people who lost their Shaper generations ago and devolved into a more and more dog-like shape because they all they had to eat was jackals and wolves and things like that same for crew dogs Mm -hmm. they could only eat gorillas and big strong animals and they lost their shaper like it's it's a very important role to have a shaper in your crew community because it literally keeps you (laughs) not human but like sapient and sentient um (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, but he, he's doing this differently. He's eating bits and pieces of people who are throughout the fortress to form a mental map, which is awesome. Like he's getting information about its overall structure. Uh, he's also communing with something about his clan. Like I think maybe he has like, bits of body parts from clan elders and stuff like that. Cause there's literally a voice in his stomach that speaks to him yes. when he eats, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Like, like it's giving him advice and saying, no, stick to the plan. You have to work only for the clan. Don't focus on anything else. Stuff like that. Um, and the most interesting thing is he's the one who works out. This fortress is sentient because he worked out a way to eat it, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like he, like, um, he, he, he can't eat it traditionally, so he has to build a little fire, burn some organic stuff on it, and then burn bits of, like, Blackstone Fortress drones and stuff like that, and then inhale the smoke and, like, swallow it. Not just inhale it, breathe it, but, like, swallow it into his stomach, and then yep. he can get a glimpse at, like, the weird, omni-massive sentience thing that is the Blackstone Fortress and begin to understand it the tiniest degree. Um He's so cool. I really love him being, like... <laughs> Is. He's got this great line where it's like he's he's like annoyed that Janice kicked him away because he like ate part of one of Janice's bodyguards when he died. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I need to that guy was really strong. I saw him kill like a half dozen drones all by himself. So I'm going to honor his memory, keep his strength within me and eat part of him. And everyone else is going, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Stop that. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. <laughs> and he's like,
0: yeah, well, it's that ha- lack of understanding. Isn't
1: <laughs> it? Yeah, it- it's literally a cultural barrier. But then he's like all off on his own, like kicking a rock. He's like, "How do humans do anything? They only eat lesser life forms, like they eat chickens and rats." It's no wonder they're such <laughs> idiots. Like they have no warrior spirit. Whatever, you gotta get yeah. strong to become strong. <laughs> this is so good.
0: <laughs> and that's the that's the thing. Like that's it's that understanding that there's no moral thing there going on there's like mm. you know like it's just the fact that like i said drake and and all the other humans there are just repulsed by what he's doing mm. like you've, you wait a minute my guard has just died and you are now eating him like mm. where's your respect and obviously in in you know in his eyes as a crew he's like well this is my respect yeah like, like i said i'm 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 getting i'm keeping his strength i'm keeping yeah. there's obviously it's actually the massively there, like, I have no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they just can't comprehend it, and that's what I mm. said makes him so intriguing. And and he sort of um, this it's it's well written in the sense that you feel, you almost feel like you're going to feel sorry for him because he does get mm. kicked out for a bit. He's the outsider, yeah. he's the alien, literally, he's the mm. xenos there. Mm. But the, what is what is really good about him. Is that he's fine being by himself. He's like, yeah. he, he's, he's what I like about him, he just gets on with what he needs to do. Mm. Like, you know, when he gets kicked out, he doesn't have a hissy fit about it. You <laughs> know, oh, don't kick me out. And he's you know, like, okay, okay, yeah. I'll just crack on and just mm. do my thing. I think obviously then, you know, obviously later in the in the novel comes back into the fold and obviously he's very prominent to this. And I, I just love that. He's got he's, a, he's doing his own agenda and mm. he doesn't he's not sort of succumbing or being dragged down to the human emotional level yeah, of being petty yeah. about it, We're like, Well, I can't believe he kicked me out and you know <laughs> you know, again like like a human would do. He's like, Okay, mm. whatever. Yeah. A lot more important things to do yeah,
1: anyway. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Like a lot of his stuff highlights not just cultural differences but it's like it's thinking differences. Like mm-hmm. all the time on precipice Drake is looking and saying, don't kill people because the second someone does something aggressive towards him, he kills them because he's of yeah. a predatory mind. It's like this person's a threat. Fuck that guy. He's dead. Uh yeah. <laughs> and then Drake's yeah. like, you just shot someone in the middle of the marketplace. <laughs> you started yeah, a riot. Like- yeah and then yeah then when he's on his own he's like focused he's oriented and he knows exactly what he's doing because crew are predatory creatures they're technically like a civilization but they are much closer to that base predatory animal than humans are in a lot of ways like on his own he's a perfectly capable hunter as a part of a group he's a really capable hunter he doesn't mind if he doesn't have a group though and it he no, said it doesn't affect him emotionally he's like i'm used to being on my own i was literally sent millions of light years away from my own home to look for stuff so <laughs> yeah. why would this bother me now that you know this guy i knew for a week kicked me out of the group <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um. i love him he's he, he's he's so cold but you know in, a, in mm. but but not at the same time yeah. Like i said he, when he gets involved in the combat he you know he, he's often the one that like someone's about to do something and there's smoke coming in from a hole in someone. And it's like, Oh yeah. He just yeah. shot them. You know, like it's, <laughs> he just like, you know, he's very, he's very chilled. It's like, yeah. he's got almost like that very calm, like, like it's quite good because he's a very, he's a very interesting parallel actually to the rest of them. Because obviously mm. you, you've got characters like Drake, like, uh, or like Isla to a degree where they're characters that are tr- almost finding themselves in different mm. ways that like they're, they're haunted by their past or, you know, things that have happened and things like that. Whereas he was in sort of comparison is very, I'm, I know exactly what I am, mm. you know, like he's almost mm. like very Zen about it, isn't he? Yeah. Like I'm, you know, yeah. this is what I do. I've been sent here, but you know, cause I think it says he's like the old, the eldest of his kind or, mm. or makes reference to that. And it's like, I've been sent by my elders. I'm here. I'm here for a reason. You know, I know my stuff. I, I'm literally eating pe- people and creatures. Uh, he even tries eating the drones, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, to um, gather information, I'm doing it for the greater good. There's my entire <laughs> reference, and uh, and you know, and that's the that's his purpose. You, you you're just getting involved with you know flashbacks and mm. and such like because because he doesn't really have any flight Because that's a quite again, like you said earlier, this is quite a key thing to the novel is flashbacks. Because obviously mm. the 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 fortress is playing with everyone's minds throughout and obviously it's yeah. aiming to do that. Mm. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's really testing their sort of mental states with it. And, and so, sort of Greg doesn't really get, does he have any, I know there's that reference um, where he's obviously with the elders, but I don't think he really has any no. proper flashbacks like, as such. Does it?
1: I think it's part of what you said. He's a lot more stable and calm than everyone else. Like there's, it's not that he's not necessarily experiencing the flashbacks It's that there's nothing in them that can put him off what he's doing. And, like, yeah. th- there's also the thing, like, he's not human, and the Blackstone Fortress has an excessive effect on the human psyche. Like, it really yeah. messes you up, even before it starts actually, like, psychically pulling your brain around and showing you your memory stuff. It's just like, <laughs> look at this. It's incomprehensible. And, you know, Grex looking at with a different set of eyes, literally biologically, from a different entire culture and a different entire evolutionary background. And so it's not as initially off-putting for him. And then his brain slash soul literally works differently. So psychically, it also can't do as much to him. And then, yeah. And then he's just a super chill, super mentally like strong person. So on top of that, yeah. If it dredges anything up, he's like, "Yeah, that's how it was. That's why I'm here. Why are you showing me this?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> Where, yeah. We you know, already know this. Yeah, whereas Drake's
1: out here <laughs> like, "Father, you lied to me!" Bang, bang. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh,
2: no, it's it's a it's
0: a, lo- it's a lovely comparison actually, because like I said there and that's probably why he's even look, you know, looking at the humans in the way he does. He's thinking. How, how is has this race ever got anywhere? Yeah. Because you know, exactly. obviously they're, like I they're going crazy, literally going crazy, mm. almost shooting each other and, and tearing at the walls. <laughs> and he's, mm. he's just there, uh, just chilling with his, uh, his blood bird mask and, yeah. his little insects <laughs> in cages and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Like I said, like, mm. I think when you said you get around to reading this book, you'll, you know, anyone that's listening that you, you'll be, quite almost not sort of shocked but like i said i was in the sense that i was shocked that how prominent he was to this you know i just mm, thought he would just mm. be another character just an eight you know he's the xenos you know no, tick in the box yeah, but yeah. he really isn't he's a lot Absolutely. more than that. yeah like um
1: protagonist is drake and then it's like equal space for Caval and Grek right behind him for focus after that so that's good mm, yeah yeah show us the weird definitely <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: it's very weird. <laughs> um, it, I mean, I mean, some of the characters. Like, I find Vaughn very interesting. Uh, is mm-hmm. they didn't really do much. When I say they didn't, wasn't really done much with her, because uh, I mean, she mm-hmm. is what she is. You know, <laughs> she's yeah. a a flame throwing you know, I suppose, you know, imperial religious zealots really Mm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Sort of, uh, but uh, I found her fascinating in her own Mm. way, even though she doesn't really get described very much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, but I, 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 like I said, it it all works really well. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to sort of touch, which you Mm. touched upon earlier, which is the whole other sub, story which is in regards to is it is glut isn't it glut Mm. the the sanctioned psyker yeah the demon and the uh the exterminatus because like you said i i was a bit when i when i first read that because obviously that's what kicks off the novel and then obviously towards the end i I, did you feel it was sort of it it, was what what do you think it was there for because i I just sort of felt like it was a bit out of place in the novel personally but Uh
1: I would say because this is a setup novel for Blackstone Fortress, they needed a threat or an end goal that wasn't, we take control of the Blackstone Fortress, which is what Drake thinks the Ascura's fault is going to be. And mm. as it, and it show, it, it, I feel it helps show the sentience of the fortress, stuff like that. Like, but apart from that, it's demons, good good generic choice of antagonist it's nurgle (laughs) demons fun generic choice of antagonist at least it was that could have been just like oh it was lord of zinch etc um but i think it started as a really good opener to show because like some people may buy this book as the very first warhammer book they ever read because they tried blackstone fortress and it was a great game they loved it it is a good cold open into the 41st millennium where it's like cool we let one guy get off planet uh, and it was that one guy, and we took him down. And guess what? We're still getting murdered anyway by our own guys <laughs> yeah. because he doesn't want to. Doesn't want anyone to know how colossal his fuck up was.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, It yeah, was no, quite he's, touching. He's, it was good,
1: yeah. but then it just didn't have a lot done with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I it, it's almost. I I loved that part of it. I just mm. felt it could have been a different novel. Like it's mm. almost like it needs its own story. I think, to be fair, if the book was bigger in general, I mean, it's a decent size, it's 300-odd pages, it's an average size novel, is that it almost felt like it. if it was bigger and more fleshed out, that would have been great. You're right, it probably had its place there, and like I said, it it Hmm. brought them to the Blackstone Fortress. Uh, It just, like I said, it felt like it's almost like i forgot that was a thing it was just mm. then occasionally you come to a chapter which referred to it like oh yeah i forgot about that psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well you know yeah again i'm not criticizing it such as i'm just sort of it was just a bit like oh okay yeah this is just a thing on itself yeah um you know it's a bit left yeah. field over here but you know i mean that's,
1: it, it had a lot of cool details in and of itself like there's um the sanctioned psycho in his brain and that first was like can't fuck this up for everyone, so I've just got to thread the needle, I've got to thread the needle whenever I use my powers, like, that's one of their yeah. envisioning things, is they have to literally find the tiniest possible sliver of warp energy to draw on, and stuff like that and then, like, the descriptions of, like, the changes under his skin, and, like, him being reborn as new being as the exterminatus happens is pretty cool like, it's a really, it's a really great kickoff, and yeah, like I said right. it's just, it's not super well tied in otherwise, like, that's that's why I said, like the overall story is the least strong bit. It's fine. It's just not super strong compared to the rest of the book, which is really, really good. And it's cause it's, <laughs> they needed, they needed an antagonist. It's Warhammer 40k eighth edition. So Nurgle slash Nurgle demons is the most generic antagonist you can get. Hey, hey this is <laughs> yeah. coming from the guy who loves Nurgle. Show someone else some love. Um, <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> he, he's there. He's there to get them from A to B or A to Z, I guess in this case, because you've got to go mm-hmm. all the way through the fortress first. Um, yeah, and it's like uh, I don't know. It was fine, is is what I'll yeah. say about it. it. Was fine. Yeah, and it was good as a separate section. Like if that had been like a short story, that, that's the thing. I feel like that first prologue is a short story.
0: Yeah, that's but what that's. Yeah, that's the a point. Per- I'm making. It's a yeah.
1: perfect short story on its own, and mm. yeah, you, you you could cut that off the front of the novel, and it would still read fine. You'd just be a bit mm. confused about where the antagonist came from. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I suppose it just begs the question: do, Did did it need an antagonist? That's the thing, because mm. obviously you know because the the reason I say that, apart from obviously as things when they start fighting towards the end, was it needed? I mean, obviously I know it was needed because obviously that's what the Blackstone Fortress was bringing them to there in the first place. But mm. Mm. like the, I suppose there's a <clears> lot of disconnect. <throat> I thought like the the the, I mean, I know you got slight connections like. Uh, Aldous, the the pilot. Obviously, mm. she mm. was in, has connections to the exterminators. But like it, it to me, if they if the antagonist had connections to all the people yeah. in the group, yeah, on a on a, it, 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 I could understand it more. But it just felt like they like they got there and like, oh, mm. there's a demon mm. here,
1: yeah. Like, Like,
0: there's no, like, it's not, not like, aha, demon, at last we meet each other. Yeah, yeah. I shall face you.
1: I feel, I feel like if there was like, if you switched the amount of focus, and I don't want this to happen in any future version of it, but I feel if you switched the amount of focus Grek gets with the amount of focus Ortis gets, it would read, it would read pretty well, like that would tie in enough for me. Or, even when like, cause like, he's got the dead, zombified remains of his regiment along with him as sort of like mm-hmm. bodyguards. If, yeah. uh, if the second those showed up, Ortus went, oh fuck. And like, we got a little bit about her realizing which exact regiment that was. I feel that yeah. would, that would help a little more to tie it in just a bit more. Yeah, I,
0: totally agree. Cause
1: like, that, that moment of realization does have us just like, there's undead guardsmen. Oh God. And like, Ortus is right there. Let let her go. Oh god, it's that regiment from I think it was Sepis Prime or whatever it was. Mm. The place yeah, I've was, been yeah. the place I've been running from ever since I was witness to an exterminatus that didn't need to happen, um, <laughs> etc. I I, I, but, I, I,
0: yeah. I personally think it was there's probably time constraints. Mm. In it. I think mm. I I have a feeling that the novel had to be written to tie in with obviously the release of Blackstone Fortress. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I think. Uh, it was potentially rushed, like, you know, it was like, right, let's just fit all this together. Like mm. I said, I'm, I've got no issues with the ending. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it all ties fine. It was just that slight disconnect. But I don't, I don't think it takes away from no. how good the rest of it is. You know, like oh. I said, how good the characters <laughs> are, the setting, you know. So, like you, mm. I, I mm. agree that the story is probably the weakest thing, but that doesn't matter. And that's why mm. I still thoroughly enjoyed it at the end yeah. of the day. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. <laughs> hmm. cool okay was there any anything else you wanted to add um we not wrap really it up?
1: uh not no? really it's it's interesting i like the, i like drake's subplot of him finding out that he's never going to become the head of the household he's never allowed back to terror <laughs> or whatever that's fun and the stuff with corval is interesting to like to see how far a t- a high level terran household can go mm. without being yep. like getting the inquisition cracking down on like Corvall's family, uh, he's, he's part of a Terran household of navigators, has a lot, a lot of influence. Like, they are a navigator household, which makes sense, but effectively, the, the, the backstory is Janice was friends with him when they were younger and accidentally killed him in a duel. Um, yep. <laughs> and to save his life, Corvall's family, family essentially turned him into a Chaos Mutant. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the, he's got a big, eye growing out of the wound on his chest from where he was stabbed. He's got like the beginnings of a mouth forming on his stomach and stuff like that. And he's just like super gluing himself back together to try and put mm-hmm. the taint, keep the taint of chaos back. And that's, that's also a great little moment as well. But like, yeah, this was, this was, I mean, they're a high level navigator household, sure. But they literally created a chaos mutant and just kept it locked in their basement for like 20 years. <laughs> and it no quite, one ever found out. Sad,
0: it's very sad, isn't it? Because, as you, like you said, you've got, you got <laughs> you know you've got these two friends you know that were just dueling each other. Because I think basically he criticised his sister. I think that's it, why it, it was an excuse they they were
1: doing it for fun, yeah. effectively. Yeah. yeah, but that
0: was it. Like you said, what about my sister? Let us duel, mm. uh, and then obviously it went a bit you know too far. And like you said, mm. he ended up you know killing him, even though he, in theory he didn't kill him because like you said mm. they kept him alive. But and then it it's quite sad because obviously both of them were sort of rejected from their families, really. Yeah, in a, in there, yeah. obviously Drake was sent away because obviously the shame of it, and obviously it was kept under wraps. Mm. And obviously he's been sent away as a rogue trader, not really knowing he's never going to make it back. And, yeah, and obviously that's the whole premise of why he's pursuing the Blackstone Fortress because he wants to bring it to the mm. Lords of Terror and say, "Yeah, this thing, I've got control of it." Yeah, you know may want to hand it to help it with like, you know hand it to gilliman <laughs> etc you know he can make some use out of it yeah and and then fundamentally corval who was actually originally numa which is that? yeah i think it was numa um yeah you know is you know a sad you know state in his own way as well he's you know he's still plotting for revenge but when he thinks he's killed drake which obviously he hasn't that you know, he, he he starts feeling guilty for it. Like all the things he thought he would feel, he doesn't. Mm. And, you know, and it's quite sad. It's a really sad way that, but very good though. You know, I mean, you know, and the thing is a lot of these things are not even Warhammer related sort of things. These are just, you know, they're just obviously tied into a a Warhammer universe. So I, Mm. I, I think I'd, you know, before we wrap this part of the show up, I think that, if you you know listen to when we covered Shade Spire and or mm. you read Shade Spire, you know is it, I I will make the comparisons to it. Because like it's its own isolated thing. You you will feel for some of the characters, and it, I think if you want something that's a bit different, you know, to your Space Marines and and all the other novels out there, give this one a go. Like I said, I think you, mm. it's definitely worth worth you know reading this guy because I think it's very you know regardless of what we're saying about the story I think it's a very well written oh movie. yeah absolutely yeah, by far Darius has done a great job of that mm.
1: yeah it's really good I hope he writes another one
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah. Do I. <laughs> I,
1: I I want more space adventures with this weird crew <laughs>
0: yeah so uh so yeah so that's uh been the blackstone fortress novel i said we both enjoyed it um and so we'll take our last little break and when we return we're going to talk about where we would set up shop or <laughs> maybe our tent <laughs> in yeah <the> Mortal Realms. <laughs> back soon and welcome back final part of the show time to discuss something about the mortal realms and actually the mortal realms in particular uh, because like I said earlier we're going to basically have a quick chat about where would we like to live <laughs> if we had to in the mortal realms or at least occupy? Where would we like to go to? Um and this is like I said, off the back of I think it was our question, our Discord question the last episode where we were asked which uh which universe would you rather live in, uh for you know the forty K and AOS universes. So we thought, yeah, let's take it one level further down. So uh so Cameron, um yes. you know, here we go. I've given you your Mortal Realms passport. And yeah, uh, yeah, you've got your uh your rucksack full of goodies yeah. and such <laughs> like and I'll give you a weapon. Actually mm. what weapon okay, you've got to carry a weapon with you. You know, yeah, where you go. Wh yeah. what are you carrying with you?
1: Uh I'm going to be uh practical and choose the weapon of choice of my ancestors. I'm gonna take a sax uh as okay. in the long heavy knife wielded by uh the Vikings. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not to be confused with a saxophone, because that no. would be a, a different kind of weapon.
1: No, that'd be a bludgeoning weapon. Mine's a slashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Okay. So you're at the uh, you're at the uh, Mortal Realms bus stop, um, mm. where you're asking it to take you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch the first uh, Mortal Realms bus possible to Guy Ran. Hey. Hey. Um. For those who've seen me in real life or in images, it may not surprise anyone that I enjoy food. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I spent a good while thinking about this. This is a good answer. Trust me. Um, I bet for someone who enjoys new flavors and new mouth sensations, Gairan is the best mortal realm. Uh, Because put it this way. Think of the sheer variety of fruit we have on our plain, boring earth. Now times that by a million and make some of it magical that will give you superpowers. And that's yep. basically what you could find if you worked in like produce in Gairan. I think I would be quite happy with that. Like, even like being a chef or something, guyra, it'd be interesting to cook with all this crazy stuff. Also, if you happen to work in Hammerhall, Gyra, you could also get stuff uh, shipped over from Akshi and experiment with some of their peppers and stuff like that, which I think would be great. Um, no, I think it'd be good. Like, GER probably is better for just meat. However, it also all tries to kill you whereas in Guyran it's just life in general so not everything is trying to kill you when you try to cook it. So I think I think Guyran is the first choice for me. It's a foodie's okay. dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a foodie's dream.
0: Oh, Gairan never thought it would be referred to in that term. <laughs> yeah, no. <yeah. laughs> oh, Gairan, I should say. Yeah. Um yeah, she's talking to Ger. I I I I think I may make a trip to Gairan, because um mm. I mean that's where the city of excelsis is and uh, yeah you know that's i i must admit i'm i'm a, a real softy for the you know your pirate towns mm. and cities uh, you know mm. I, I envision black sails and uh, pirates of the caribbean and such like and, and that's sort of the vibe i've got for uh, with excelsis mm. it's on the uh, the coast of tusks i believe um yeah it's near the water i like water mm. i used to i grew up near the water so that's sort of my sort of thing um You know, it's this place where you get to, Mm. um, I suppose, uh, you get to see your future potentially as well, because I think from memory, it's it's shimmerings you can buy and such. Mm. like. I just Mm. think, even though, obviously, it's not the greatest place, you just have, there'd always be something going on, some sort of shenanigans or tomfoolery Mm. or such like. You know, you'd always Mm. have, you know, you'd be going to the local bar, you'd be, you know, you'd seen your fortune uh, it goes, it goes all wrong. You get into a bar fight. You know, not f- <laughs> fussed about fighting, but you at least witnessed a few. I, t- I don't know. I just think it would be a good time all round. You know, I think as mm. long as you keep yourself mm. out of, you know, out of mischief. <laughs> but then, to be fair, you could, you know, knowing that there's pirates, especially elven pirates coming in, mm. you could, you mm. know, if Quiet. I, s- I want to stretch my feet out, I fancy going out on the water. Mm. Then I will go. Yes, sign me up, please. Mm. So, I think, yeah, I think I'm heading towards Gur for at least a trip, anyway, see how yeah, where the land lies, um anywhere else you fancy
1: mm. uh I would say Shimon, actually, because um again, it's a super cool and interesting place, uh, I like the idea of somewhere where the landscape's always changing, like you could set up and just have a different view every couple of mornings as the world like literally <laughs> reshapes and resculpts itself around you, uh but also it seems like a place that would like bring forth lots of super interesting cultures and again super interesting foods. Uh, you gotta you gotta <laughs> learn how to cook really well when everything has a steel shell. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah true.
1: Um I think it'd just be yeah, guy ran, guy ran for food and then Shimon a hundred percent for like actually travelling around and looking at stuff because I feel I feel Shimon would have the weirdest Lists like natural outcroppings and natural wildlife and, and like, uh, plants and stuff. Um, I, I, I would say, yeah, Shimon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling <laughs> Shimon. I mean, the realm of metal, I'm, I'd be disappointed if that wasn't the choice of music as well.
1: Yeah. On well, there fair as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know it's if, if not, I would one they can do. <laughs> I'd make
0: it my, my sort of, uh, plan to, I would yeah. be getting. Oh, the Yuki realm into, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, come on get your down tuned guitars out, please. I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I want to rock. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I know it's an obvious one. The Zia would be a nice mm, place. That's fair. Um, yes, literally I mean, a nice place. <laughs> it is. It's a nice place. Um, I, I, I suppose if it'd be somewhere nice, like I said, I think pre-show, it'd be nice to have a hotel there. I think, mm, you know, it'd be the sort yeah. of place where, you know, you know, you just want to chill. Like you've, you know, you've been mm. gallivanting around, you've been out on the seas You've got your, you know, you've got your treasure back. You've got a bit of money and you Mm go. you know, when you, like, you know, when some people say, I just want to treat myself, you know what? I I really want to stay in a nice hotel, a really nice posh hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I I imagine Azir Azir would be the place to go to. Oh Um, yeah. I'd head up there and you know, like you, I'm very much a foodie as well. (laughs) And you know, it's where you'd probably have a la carte menus and fine Mm -hmm. dining, but you know, you feel like you've earned it. You've been sailing the seas, you've been dealing with chaotic tribes. I want a nice relaxing weekend, you mm-hmm. know, in a nice yeah. hotel. You can um, go hiking
1: because Azir's got all those cool mountains and stuff.
0: Yeah, That too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe they may do tours of Reforging. I don't know. Oh, um, God, that'd, that'd be that'd quite be,
1: good. That feels like <laughs> intrusive somehow. Yeah. Like, c- come watch this slain warrior demigod be pulled back together as he relives his worst memories.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just no photography
1: allowed. Yeah, That's yeah. All. Just yeah. be respectful. <laughs> no filming. Don't get don't get too close or the lightning geist might get you. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well they're the doormen anyway, so you know, the the uh the mm, are mm. there that uh, you know, yeah. they're the ones guiding you around. Perfectly you know, so safe.
1: Perfectly I,
0: safe. I think it's yeah, I think it's absolutely fine. I <laughs> would love that. That's it. I want reforging mm. tours to be a thing. Um <laughs> is there any other realm you'd like to, to go to? Um I would ooh. Well, where wouldn't you go to? Well,
1: you definitely I, wouldn't. I I definitely wouldn't go to Ulgu, Uh just because. Uh, I mean, it's probably a nice enough realm as it is, but the fact that it's run by Malarian and Marathi means you've got like a hundred percent chance of getting stabbed, uh, which I'm not into. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would avoid Olgu. You Your
0: doesn't cover it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and then I I go a little weird. I would probably actually go to Shayish as well as like my third choice. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Because because uh, big bone daddy. Uh, Nagash is very cool uh, no but also like again on, on a cultural side of things I think it would be a really interesting place to go like not live there maybe but like definitely visit like some of the cities in Shaish and be like oh this is how it is where you can look out and see Skeletor staring at you from across the infinite abyss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I do understand why you're all like this you've got some very interesting dishes you've got some very interesting like cultural uh, cultural uh, habits and things like that uh, it would be yeah. really cool. And it, at the end of the day, it's a big, very uh, interesting desert, as far as I'm aware. It's just endless sands. And I think that would make a nice change of pace from Shimon, which is, as far as I can tell, endless, like, ridges of rusted iron and other metals all over the place. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah that I, that'd good. be my third choice, but I might just stay in Gairan forever. So if they have, like, <laughs> yeah. they've got a really good pomegranate farm. With like oh. all the different pomegranates, I would stay there. Never leave.
0: I uh, yeah, I heard that's the thing. So mm. I think you'd mm. be in luck. <laughs> I think the one, the one place I definitely wouldn't go to is actually because I'm really not fair. a heat lover. I, that's I, fair. I, I'm, I, I struggle <laughs> in heat, uh, so realm of fire is not my bag. I would be, you know, yeah. The thing is, I, I have this in real life where you know my mm. wife is like, oh, let's go abroad, and I'm like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> it's Listen, hot. Generally, abroad. <laughs> look.
1: You should come to Australia in the middle of the year when it's winter.
0: Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I'm done for yeah.
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I should point out we did get 30 degrees Tuesday last week. Uh, so
2: <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> oh, it's more like
1: end of winter, start of spring. It was also our hottest August <laughs> ever, but whatever. Uh, no, it's like, yeah, c- come during come during like June or July. It'll be a bit wet, but it definitely won't be hot. It'll just be yeah. mid, mid to warm at most. Okay, I'll take yeah. that. I'll yeah. take that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, I think also, I think if I had to choose another way, it'd probably be Shaiish as well. I just, yeah. he, I, I just imagine just, it's the realm of Nagash. He's a fun mm. guy. He's always yeah. up to mischief. It'd be like, <laughs> I think it'd be a nice place to potentially retire. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you just, you just, you know, see it out on a, on a fun thing. And to be fair, <laughs> you may end up be.
1: If you can find your grandparents <laughs> yeah potentially yeah
0: you know i just think it would just be fun you know you just be yeah as long as you're going a bit open-minded you know and and to be oh. fair he he does he does treat people okay he just like as oh, yeah. you give him your soul and like mm. you know i think it's almost like a place where you think you know what i've had enough of the other realms i want to you know see it out i want to yeah you mm. know i want to live forever so yeah like you know.
1: There is there is absolutely a section in Shaish that is like the Dia de los Muertos celebrations nonstop. Like that culture is definitely in there somewhere. So mm-hmm. like the, yeah. you know it's 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 the end of it's the end of your life. You've you've praised Nagash and all the other gods your whole life, so you won't be punished in death. So it's time to have a celebration, you know. Yeah. And then it, at the end of it, you shuffle off your mortal coil. Uh, Orpheon Catacross shows up and takes your bones and. Yeah. <laughs> And you're all yeah, good. You become I- you become a shining legionary in the in the legion. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's
0: good. Yeah, like I I, I also heard that uh, there's a, uh, a Cetra comedy club that goes Ooh. down quite well, It's yeah, hosted by yeah. someone that dresses etc. So <laughs> you know it's things like that. They these, these are the hmm. things that would appeal to me. So a bit yeah, of comedy, yeah. a bit of nice food, and a nice bed to kip in. So yeah, I think good. these realms have got us covered. Mm, so absolutely you know if you're listening have a think where would you (laughs) which more round would you like to yeah yeah (laughs) please do (laughs) cool right let's wrap up the show uh Mm -hmm. cameron where can people find you on the old internet
1: uh you can find me on twitter at night underscore twitten that's night without a k uh where i have variously images of uh, books i'm reading games i'm playing uh cats i'm petting uh, and uh, <laughs> minor political activism, uh, because the world's terrible. Uh, but generally cats. Cats is the most common <laughs> common denominator across there, I'll be honest. Um, Matthew, how about yourself?
0: Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, at NinjaBadger7. Um, I need to start posting what video yeah. games I've been playing, because I've been yes. playing quite a few bits, really. I'm in the middle of Detroit, become mm. human at the moment, mm-hmm. which is very intriguing Uh, remnants Mm. eyeing me up at the moment. I'm very tempted to Mm. pull the trigger on that at some point, but uh, yeah. And if you want to follow the show at realm and ruin on Twitter as well, and obviously the website as well, if you ever want to contact us, Mm -hmm. throw us any ideas you would like us to cover in the future. So that's been episode 35. Always a massive big thank you to everyone that listens and supports Mm. the show. It's always greatly appreciated. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.
1: Ta-ra.